Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show, D-Writers Invitational Sunday Recap, presented by our friends at High Noon. Solly here. Neil is here. Hello, Neil. Cheers. Congrats to Scotty. That was impressive. TC is here. I think there's some apologies that will be coming later. TC, hello. What do you guys have to apologize for? <laughs> I think the comments are going to take care of the apologies that need to come uh, come forth on their own. DJ Pie is here. Hello, DJ Pie. Hey guys, happy to be with you. Uh, happy Player Sunday. Uh, the live show is, of course, presented. It's all made possible by our friends at High Noon. It is here, the High Noon Tequila Seltzer made with real Blanco tequila and real juice. Just like uh, the, the vodka ones were our favorite seltzer. I, it's going to be a tight race now between the vodka and the tequila, I got to say. Um, I'm a big tequila fan, and now our favorite seltzer has a tequila option in four bright, crisp flavors. Strawberry, lime, grapefruit, and passion fruit. Cannot wait to see if they add any more uh, flavors to that as well. They're 100 calories. They're gluten-free. There is no added sugar. Uh, they have already hit the shelves in select locations starting March 1st, and they are rolling out across the country. Over these next two months, they are fully available nationwide by May 1st just in time for summer, so you can look for them uh, at Drizzly or your local convenience or liquor store or visit highnoonspirits.com to find it near you. Thank you for their support of the live shows all week long. Scotty Scheffler. Um, all right, TC, I'll throw it to you. What, what's your what, You had some comments before we came on here about this uh, Players' Championship as we put it in the books. What, what was that? I don't know. I mean, it was fine. Right, it was it was whatever. Like it was just kind of. I think it was that player sucked. That was the take no, before it, we went live. No, it was. I said it was a worthy champion, a deserving champion. It was just a. It's just kind of a juiceless week, uh, a little bit. And I thought the course setup was great. I thought they did an awesome job, minus the collars. Pins were great. Scotty played exceptional golf. It was a weird leaderboard for some of the week. Um, it, it just didn't have a whole lot of flow to it. Some tournaments are like that. It's not really anybody's fault. I think sometimes, you know, it, it was uh, a historic week for Scotty's career and sometimes historic weeks just aren't that exciting. You know, it's it's almost one of those that that gets better as as it ages. Right. Thinking back on it, as especially if Scotty continues to just completely like kick the goddamn door down every every time he tees it up, like weeks like this almost become better after the fact. But I'm, I'm with you. It wasn't, you know, maybe took a little snooze on that back nine. Looking at the data golf stuff, I think he was like 99% chance uh, of victory after like the 12th hole. Like it was just there's no other way it was going to end. I think, you know, if I, if I may, Sally, I think we were deep on that block Friday night. Uh, the fact that anyone was even throwing Morikawa as, as a possibility into this tournament is shameful and should call for some apologies as well, but we don't have to go there right away. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those that Scotty keeps getting more interesting the more he wins, as I, I think we were saying after the, the Phoenix event. I don't think he is going to be, you know, jumping off the page with any kind of personality stuff. I don't think he's going to have any real controversy. I don't think he's going to really even be all that polarizing. He just kind of like, goes out there and does every single facet of the game really, really well, seemingly every single week. And it's kind of like the only way it gets really, really interesting to watch is, is if we all of a sudden stack up, you know, 
15, 20 of these things. You said his, his win was historic. What was historic about it? No, I, I mean, like winning the players, uh, you can call me a, a D rider all you want, is a, is a big ass win. And it's part of like, it's a pretty like crowning win in a career. Like the biggest that a win gets outside of a major championship. And so I'm just saying that like when it, when his resume gets listed off at the end of his career, it will be like he won X majors. He won the players. He won this blah, blah, blah. And so, no, I don't think anything about, you know, the game of golf changed. I don't mean historic like that. I just mean like, Hey, it's, it's a big ass win. Can I, can I throw this little wrench in there? I want to, I don't know if our checks have cashed this week for, uh, from the PGA tour, but is it time to like revisit the conversation of what a player's win means, right? Because it used to be literally everyone came. Like 49 of the top 50 in the world would be there, right? And we're going to see that the majors this year. The designated events have all risen. Now they have stronger fields than they've ever had. But this was, I mean, just by definition, like the weakest player's field since we've been alive, right? So, um, you know, I'm not trying to discount what he's accomplished because we're going to go through the accomplishments. But I do wonder if like we have to evaluate what a player's win means. It's not the same as winning it last year, I don't think. Is that fair? Yeah, I put that on the agenda later on. I figured we can talk about it kind of after all the tournament stuff because I think it's it probably fits in largely with the schedule and like what is the players, right? Like it's, you know, what is it in the new ecosystem and all that? Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's as impressive a win as it was last year for sure when, when the defending champ's not here, you know? I think it's a massive payday. <laughs> Congrats to Scotty on that. I found his, his performance to be dominant, extremely impressive. Um, I'm curious why, and, and I feel this way too, it, it was a little bit boring, but we, like when Tiger did this or, you know, if Rory does this long, you know, years ago, it's like, oh my God, like what's he going to do next? How, how low can he go? And with Scotty, it doesn't feel that way. And I'm curious why, because the golf game to me is exciting. And the shots he hits and the chips that he holds out are exciting. So what is it that is different about, you know, Tiger running away with a players or Tiger running away with something at Torrey Pines? Is it just history? Does it just need to keep happening that the, for me to feel that way? I, I think there's also like uh, when it's Tiger or when it's Rory, it's so clear that they're the guy, right? And right now in golf, it kind of goes back to the old, you know, what's better is, you know, parody or, or one dominant player. And right now you have every week, you know, we hop on the pod and we say something different, whether it's, oh, Scotty's the best. He's never going to lose again. Or, oh, Rom's the best. He's never going to lose again. Rory, oh, my God, who no one can beat Rory. You know, and I think when they're kind of passing the ball back and forth constantly, it's 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 the old, you know, KVV uh, comparisons with Thief of Joy quote that he likes to likes to say. But it's, uh, you know, you can kind of look at it one of two ways. You can either, like, appreciate what he's doing or look at kind of the uh, – you know, what boxes it's not checking, I guess. And it's, it sounds like you're kind of in the, you know, in both of those camps, Neil. Well, I, I honestly, I, I feel like it's the, the, as everyone knows, I'm going to use an analogy, but the one I'm going to use is it's more, I'm, I'm sensing some tennis stuff here. It's, it's Federer Nadal a little bit. And, and I, Scotty's performance today felt a lot like Federer. It felt effortless. It feels elegant at times, and and there's not a ton of emotion. You're just like, man, that guy's a machine back there, and he's not even sweating. Like, and and you're you're almost rooting for the other guy, and then you're just like, you almost have to appreciate like, this guy it has all the shots. He he isn't even phased, and I think early on in Federer's career, people were probably like, man, this guy's really boring. And then as he stayed on top for 
10, 15, 20 years, you're like, man, this guy's incredible. So I'm wondering if we're heading that direction with Scotty, probably too early to say, but that, that was what I was feeling on 15, 16, 17 today, especially that shot on 17, like uh, unbelievable. Just he had, he got iced. He got iced on 16 green. He's standing there watching these guys. It was a train wreck coming through 17 and he just steps up and hits a very solid golf shot. It's, it's smart golf. It's awesome. I think what sucks about that though, too, Neil is like, it, it almost highlights golf's two biggest weaknesses, not to, to step into the shark infested waters of, you know, what, what size should the fields be? And, you know, <laughs> who should we allow to play PJ tour events and all that stuff. But like the difference between golf and tennis is like, uh, you know, on a, on a tennis weekend, like you might see Nadal versus Federer a bunch of times and you get to watch those two go head to head. Whereas it's like, ah, well, Rory missed the cut and Rom WD. So I guess we're just going to, you know, we don't really know how it would have gone this weekend with them. And I don't know, we got this Min Woo Lee guy and I guess we watch him this weekend. Right. And you never get to see a lot of those head to head battles, which I think makes the lack of like the dominant player less interesting. Right. Like yeah. if it's if you have yeah. parity and you're also not yeah. seeing those guys go head to head all the time, it kind of it kind of sucks. And then the and, other uh, part of that. Sorry. Last thing about it. I'm just looking at like Scotty's data golf thing is it, it's it truly can't be overstated. I don't think how TC people can't tell the story enough, like uh, how these runs don't usually last for this long. And looking at Scotty, it, it is fucking bananas, man. Going back like the last year, you guys were talking about Jason day on the show last night. Right. And like his stretch in 15 was just about as good as this. I mean, kind of, kind of close to it probably, but it only usually lasts for, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 months. And then it tends to to peel off. So I think the longer Scotty keeps it going, like that's that's kind of like a it's a longer story that you have to like tell casual fans to get them excited. But it's it's really hard not to be blown away by like, man, this guy just does it every single week. And it's so freaking impressive. It's, uh, Charlie Mercer just commented Scheffler more like Sampras, less technically graceful than Federer, but big time Iceman qualities. I that I like that take. I think that's good. And I want to be clear, I'm getting kind of lit up like oh Federer's the goat. I'm not saying that Scotty is Federer. I'm it's gonna win 21 majors, asking. right? No, I'm just right. I my, my that's to... where my head went a little bit. So I, I that's it was it just feels like he is it, maybe it's the emotionless part of it that's making me think Federer, but I think Sampras might be a better comp. I, I, so I think on the tennis stuff, it's an interesting thing to think about where you've got is Rom Nadal right now? And then is Rory. They, they both Rory, grew up watching Seve. Rory to me right now feels more like Federer. And then, and then who's Djokovic? Scotty, Scotty feels more like Djokovic with his game. Sure. He's just fucking good. Like <laughs> straight up, like doesn't have any weaknesses. Maybe that uh, is a better yeah. cop. Nobody's really rooting for him. You know, it's like, oh, God, this guy keeps wrecking the party a little bit. You know, we can't have a third guy. What are we doing here? You know, we, everybody wants it to be Rom Rory. Yeah. Which also, I will say, I think we've said who's going to beat Rom. Nobody can beat Rom. I don't think we've said that with Rory recently. Sure. It's true. Right. I mean, Rory, Rory's still on like a really, 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 really good run of golf. It's just. But he's clearly third. He's clearly it's third. a distant third to these I, two. I agree with that. I think Rory is it's you you want it to happen. It's almost the body of work a little bit. So that's and where I think with Rory, it's like the ceiling, like you know, the ceiling's probably the highest there, but you're it's not gonna be as consistent week to week, but you're gonna get the flourishes and and you know. 
Scotty, Scotty hasn't finished outside the top 15 since October. It's nuts. Like just every every time. I mean, can we Rel- relentless? Can we run through it a little bit? I mean, this is six wins and twenty seven starts, which is outrageous. But also, just pause for that. That's Tiger's win percentage over his career, like for the whole freaking thing. It's free. It's unbelievable. But still, six yeah, but wins. Tiger, yeah, but Tiger was playing against plumbers and firemen. That's true. <laughs> um, and limited field, no cut events, and all those WGCs. Uh, he uh, also had a runner-up at Colonial in a playoff last year, which, again, playoff losses to me are different than just a runner-up finish. Like, nobody beat him over 72 holes at Colonial and got beat by a bomb putt by Sam Burns in that tournament. His uh, major championship record as a professional in 10 majors, he has six top 10s. He has a T4 and a T8 at the PGA Championship, T7 and T2. He was tied for runner-up at last year's U.S. Open. He had a T8 at the Open Championship in 2021 and, of course, won the Masters with a four-putt on the last hole by three strokes. Like, some of these wins have been – both of these wins have just been, like, absolute beatdowns. And I, I am totally caught up in recency bias. I, some people are saying I got caught up in recency bias by saying Rom might win the Grand Slam, but I, I would disagree with that. But totally caught up in recency bias to say, like, it feels a little more sustainable with Scotty because he tends, like, Rom's driver the last two events has not been very good. It's like, you know, going to the Florida golf courses that's not looked quite the same. And Scotty off the tee just seems a little more sustainable than Rom off the tee right now. So, like, I do uh, have to give, like, the ex- like extremely slight edge to Scotty right now, which is a complete overreaction compared to two weeks ago. But I'm ready to make that overreaction. There's not really, I mean, Going back to Scotty's like 2019 on the Corn Ferry Tour, he had he put his ass off. He was finishing top ten. He had he had I don't know 14 or 15 top ten finishes between the PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour that year. 2021, he had he had 10 top ten finishes in 2021, including three second place finishes. Like you said, Sally, like it's not like this is all just hey flash in the pan. He got really good in 2022. It was just a matter of like he's he's getting better and better and better and better with each of these wins too. It's nuts. And he also is one of those, Solly, I'm going to, I don't, I can't tell if this is going to be a dunk or, or throwing you a bone. <laughs> I'll take either your, one. Your, uh, your now infamous quote about Fino, about how he plays in too many good events. And that's why he doesn't have enough wins. <laughs> but like Scotty basically like skipped all the, all the cheap wins too. Like yes. he could have been out there winning a bunch of like, Rocket mortgages and John Deere's and a or bunch the of those mules, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, going to beat the other mules of the PGA Tour out there. But he almost got like so good so fast that he was just in. Yes, he's in all these like big dick events immediately. And I was I was telling you guys before we started, I thought of, I I weighed doing a bit about like I don't know why we're freaking out. Six wins, a lot of guys with six wins. You know, Bill Haas, Jimmy Walker, Rory Sabatini, uh, you know, guys like that. But like you can't overstate again how how his wins are what bay hill match play uh waste management phoenix, twice phoenix twice masters and now this yes like jesus man <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's heavy that's wild wins. yeah yeah that, not only like the 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 girth and the size of the events <laughs> thank you pc but <laughs> but also the way he uses them i mean the t2 at the us open Another solo second at the match play, solo second at at Colonial. Like these are all different styles of of courses, right? Different types of courses too, like different, different grasses. grasses. I yeah. mean, it's it's all around game. I think that's the most amazing thing to me is it's you know he attacks the ball off the tee on his approach, but then he has the finesse. And I, I think going back to the tennis analogy, that's where I see the Federer comp is like 
he's got all the shots, man. Like when you watch Federer play tennis, it's like he's got the serve, he's got the backhand. It's so fluid. Everything is just hands and and it looks effortless. And I I don't know. I agree with you guys that it was kind of a boring day, but I also found it really fun to watch. I watched every single shot today of just dominance. Like he it was like total control and one thing I wrote down and I sent a couple screenshots to Cody is I think the turning point, like Scotty shot, he started off really he, shaky. He had the left miss going. It looked there. bad early, which, which is a credit to him because he's able to get out of trouble, but he, he saves a, what a bogey on three kind of weird decision on four to hit driver off the tee gets out of, you know, gets a par out of that. And then the tee that, shot, that, that on shot five, on, that, that second shot on four, was, that was awesome. It was I know crazy you, good. I know you were riding for the tee shot on five, Neil. I think it might have even been the second shot on four. Yeah. Was where that, that, it, it seems like everything was like he's right on that razor's edge of like, God, this golf course is so hard, so hard, so hard, so hard. And then he pulls off that like death shot on four. And I wonder if that was kind of like, I'm good. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm the dude. We're, we're fine. Which I, I'm here for that argument. But for some reason, the tee shot on five, like, is still like ringing in my loins. <laughs> yeah. It was a, absolute moonshot over everything just out of the ballpark dead straight the tracer is off the screen 318 carry to on number five i don't know what's a harder hole five or 14 like the hardest drive on the course yeah and he puts it in the primo position and then it's just par 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 chips in for birdie on eight and we're off and running and that tee shot on five was like all right everything's been recalibrated guys I am not going to miss the rest of the day. And I, I, I honestly, I can't really think of a, a no. shot. Maybe the tee shot on 14 where he missed. That, that was, was it. That was about it. Hit the fairway on yeah. five, hit the fairway on six, hit the fairway on seven, hit it an inch into the, the lightest of rough on the, uh, on nine, hit the fairway on 10, hit the fairway on 11, hit it green side on 12, and then hit the bad drive on 14, but then stepped up, hit the fairway on 15, hit the fairway on 16, blew it off the map on 18 when he knew like the only thing he couldn't do was hit it in the water, but it was a Which, total stripe show from there. Yeah, even the bad shot on fourteen is like, yeah, if you're gonna miss, like you're missing miss there. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel like on, on five, six. the tee shot on yeah. five, it was like he screamed at the crack of the ball, <laughs> found it. You know, like, <laughs> oh my god, you guys are <laughs> fucked. Like it was truly like, y'all better watch yourselves. I, it was such a good drive. I, 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 I'm gonna be thinking about it for a while. Let, let me drive on six back to back days is like it's crazy. That's a that's an alpha move. And and again, it, I mean, they kept talking about like, man, this guy is uh, this guy's pretty relentless, huh? Like he's just gonna he's just gonna keep the pedal down. It's like, oh yeah, what is that? I'm leading. Cool. Let me go tie the you know or almost tie the record for most consecutive birdies in the tournament history, while while I'm leading on a his like difficult windy day. It's anyway. unfair to chip it that well with how good he hits it, right? I mean, is like his putting is not outstanding, but it really doesn't need to be. It's not a problem in by any stretch of the, of the imagination. I think he's break almost exactly neutral uh putting for the week, but the few greens that he does miss, his short game was unreal. He chips in on eight, uh, gets it up and down easily on nine. He you know makes birdie on ten, um, and then gets you know good scrambling again on eleven, and then gets up and scrambles, chips it up to dead on twelve. It's like, dude, golf tournament over. Like it's all over, and he just. He's so smart, and it contributes to the boring nature of watching Brooks Kepka play majors was like relatively boring at times because he just, when he would get into trouble, he would just hack a nine iron out of the rough to the center of the green, 20 feet right of the pin. 
and he would do that more often than everyone else, and it would lead to some boring majors, but he won those things. And Scheffler plays golf in a very similar way, and it looks extremely, extremely repeatable, and the harder the golf courses get, uh, the more he's going to rise. I've never thought about that comp before, but it's funny even with the, especially with the full swing uh, episode, but that that's a really good, it's a really good comparison. Neil, I think you were going to say something, but you're muted. Sorry. My dog's rooting around down here. Uh, I don't, I, I would disagree with you a little bit there, Solly. This, he makes this screenshot right here look routine. Chipping in with his feet in the bunker, you know, having a NASCAR shot here on turn one. Like, it's not so much it, he just gets out of trouble and then makes that look boring. And that's that to me is almost like it's it's kind of amazing. That's what that's what frees him up off the tee is knowing that he can do shit like that. Exactly. Swing so fearlessly with the driver. Like that, that that's my biggest takeaway from watching him for the last few days in person is like it's just it's fearless. It's it's insane how how good he hits it off the tee and then and then he steps up and has some of the softest most skilled hands, Ben Carson level hands. It's it's fearless <laughs> without being reckless. It's like just yeah. total validation and belief. In, like if you're that good, like yeah, you should be fearless. Like if you hit the golf ball like that, why the hell wouldn't you hit every shot with the utmost confidence? Like you watch him in the middle of the fairway, like trying to hit a wedge. You're like of course this is going to be perfect, perfectly online. Like why would not? Why wouldn't it be? And like all that shit's going on with the feet and with the with the lower body and all that, and he's just delivering. He's just an athlete, man. Yeah. And it's you know I know he's been out. Out there on tour for 20 25 years but you know it's just you can't get used to it, it still gets me dc that's not going to get enough it, love it still gets me that's a, that's good stuff um, Sally, do you want to apologize like you know no 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 tc let's start don't, with you don't do let's this start with you don't do this should we before we move off scotty should yeah. we bring in kvv he was just in the press conference let's hear sure. see if we missed anything and then we can get to have many many apologies KBV is here. Hello, Kevin. What do you? Uh, what did you learn in uh, in in today's post round press conference, or anything from what you saw today, as Scotty Scheffler? Uh, I think I learned that um, it's funny. I thought he was like beating balls last night, and so I, that was my question: like, what was going on with your swing that you felt like you were gonna, you know, have to go to the range for a while? Because the Golf Channel had some sort of tweets that made it seem like he was getting deep in his bag, and, and he was like, "No, nah, man, like I hit like ten balls. Like that's just what I do. Like I'm just I'm pretty chill, and that's my routine." So. Uh, it's, you know, Scotty kind of makes things that are interesting, almost seem a little bit muted. Like, yeah, man, this is just how I roll. This is what I do. And, uh, you know, I thought there's kind of a, just a, a chill energy to him as he was walking by me in the press conference. He was like, ah, good question, dude. <laughs> like he started teasing me and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll do a little better research next time. I'll we'll rely on others. So. He doesn't really answer questions. No, he, he didn't really answer Damon's questions afterwards. And I know he was it was ex caught in an extremely emotional moment, but uh, he doesn't. Re he kind of he kind of passes it off a little bit. He, he does, and you know what? Like that's kind of, that's okay. Like I, I think what we were talking a little bit about like if Scotty wins a ton, it doesn't really matter what his personality is. He's just sort of this relentless dude who's good at everything at golf. And I've kind of learned that I like watching him because I, th I think when we were talking about the mechanic artist stuff. Like, he really is, like, a shaper of the ball when he needs to be. His coach, we were talking to his coach afterwards, and his coach was saying when he was six years old, he used to come out and be like, watch me hit it low, watch me hit it high, watch me move it right to left, watch me move it right to right. And his coach, Ray Smith, was like, damn, like, not many kids do that. Like, this kid is going to be good. 
watch me whip, watch me nay nay. I thought that's what we we're gonna finish that one with, but uh, yeah, he's like maxing out the artist scale. Like nothing about him seems mechanical at all. And man, it just it's interesting. We've seen him in so many spots now that are extreme pressure spots. Like it's it's it is. Having a huge lead at the Masters is has a ton of pressure. Having a huge lead with the shots that he had to face today, huge amounts of pressure. And so he's on TV for a long time. He's got to think about it a long time. He's in the last group. He's got a lot of time before the tee times. And I think it's just the most fascinating battle to watch is dudes in huge pressure situations. And he is passing the test every single freaking time. As I say, that tour championship was not that, but I'm sure he learned something from that. And sure enough, next time he's in the huge spot, he capitalizes. He even said today, he was like, tour championship made me sad. Like I was, I was kind of beat up about that. I was mad that I didn't close the deal. And he was, he's, he said he's a leaderboard watcher. He said he was walking down the fairway and he saw that like Hideki had made a move and he saw Hatton had posted 12 and he was kind of doing the calculus. And he said, he talked to Teddy, I think like in one of the fairways, I think it was like the 11th. He was like, are we still sticking to our game plan? Are we still doing the same thing? Or should we like just kind of play the golf course? And Teddy was like, nah, man, like let's just, let's just keep rolling, do what we're doing. And that was in the midst of, you know, a five straight birdie run. So I think, I think he handled it just fine. Any Ted questions, Ted Scott questions, or any discussion about any of that afterwards? Because I, I still kind of remain pretty fascinated by that relationship and the impact that he must have had on him because he's gone taken to an entirely different level since he's been on the bag. Didn't get any Ted questions, just like that there was, you know, a lot of talk between them. He, he just shared that, you know, they were constantly kind of, keeping each other light or whatever. I mean, I think that they're obviously, you know, bonded over the, you know, their shared religion stuff and they feel really comfortable with each other. And, um, you know, I think whatever it is about that, like that extra 2% that a caddy might provide, I think it's pretty obvious that Ted provides that for Scotty. And it's just like, yeah, man, like you've got this shot and hit it here. And I don't think there's ever any like, this is how Bubba used to do it. <laughs> it's just mostly like, man, okay. Like he said, it was one of the ones where I think on eight where he said where he chipped in or he talked about how they had a long discussion before the shot of like, all right, if we're pin high here and we miss left or right, we're screwed. Like, so we got to either miss short or miss long. And so he ended up missing short and that's where he felt like, all right, that's a good miss. And that made it a chip in easier. He's like, if I'd have been pin high there, I'd have made a bogey. And so that was like a sort of attributed to Ted and him working out their strategy uh, in, in mid round. KVV, any questions about uh, his grandma? was getting sister gene levels of, of run out there today. <laughs> she definitely gave a big shout out to his grandma, not only in his press conference outside in front of the sort of membership, uh, said that she had walked all 72 holes, mentioned that the grandma was cooking up some dessert that he was going to go home and uh, eat. Uh, so that was that uh, he, when we asked him how he was going to celebrate, he was like, Oh man, daylight savings got me all messed up. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be doing anything other than just, eating some dessert for uh with from grandma's making so his grandma apparently yeah. lives locally here so okay. really okay big big sweet yeah. tooth guy loves sweets which is yes a lot of talk about sweets this week like tom hoagie was complaining about the lack of eclairs in the media in the player dining uh, nope. you know, no protection like, for these guys <laughs> no protection for these players this is just embarrassing i learned that there's a new there's a new rule or like a, a guideline or something around the player dining it's like once you enter the player dining it's got to be like healthy so they have to put all the unhealthy stuff outside of that room. Like you got to go outside the room to go find it. That's what I've heard. Wow. Really? Yeah. Seems like seems like VJ should file a lawsuit about that. <laughs> yeah. You should have told Scotty about uh, TC's Dairy Queen streak. See if he could oh. see if he could have beat it while he was in Jacksonville. He, he could have gone and, and celebrated at that same Dairy Queen. Exactly. Yeah. What was it? TC seven days in a row. Still be time. Thank you for holding uh, Scotty's grandma accountable. <laughs> Nothing gets by you, man. 
Hey, that's that's good stuff. Kev, uh, I know you're you're you've been to the players before, but not not kind of like an every year trip. What you know, being down there for the whole week, what was your biggest takeaway of, you know, whether it's the tournament itself, whether it's you know a golf hole specific, what 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 kind of sticks out to you this week? I think it's a fun course because everybody, you know, it always gives you a little bit of hope that you're going to have like these underdog stories, right? That they're it's the ultimate democratic course. It's got guys couldn't hit driving iron off the tee. They're going to, you know, it's going to take out some of the big hitters who don't know quite how to throttle down or they're pushing it too hard to throttle down the, mash it down the fairway. Rory said that. And so I think like what mostly I I remember will remember about this week is that it midway through, it looked like, Oh my God, like, this is exactly what we're talking about with the designated events versus the lower events. Like how many of these great stories are you going to squeeze out if some of these guys aren't allowed in? And then like in the end, like ultimately the best player in the world by far, like right now uh, basically runs away with it. So, you know, the talent, the more rounds that they play, the more talent sort of rises. And that's why like, I think Max, you saw Max make a run and saw, you know, Hideki make a run. And I, I, you know, if John Rom had been not, you know, food sick or whatever, he probably would have been in the mix come down the stretch uh, if he had made the cut, you know, on the number, just like, you know, Max and Spieth did and stuff. It, it just, the talent ultimately is what's going to come rise to the top here, but you can F with people based on the weather, I think is a big part of it too. The wind is just like a really, it's a factor on almost every shot. And that's, you know, Sal, you played a lot of Florida golf. Uh, you know that, that that's a huge part of everything that you, you do here is like you, the wind is always, always, always in your head. And the, you know, Scotty was saying afterwards, like, oh, man, I was just praying to hit anything with dry land, anything in dry land on the 17. And it's like 17 might, I don't know if it stinks, but it might not be like the best hole, but it still is dramatic because even the guy with like he was, Scotty was talking about, I had to build up my lead big enough so that I could screw it up on 17. <laughs> and because he's like, I knew that was a totally impossibility. And there's no like, I, I do like that about him and that he's honest in that sense of he's not like, yeah, man, I knew I was going to hit great shots there. I knew I, I was, wasn't worth thinking about. He's like, no, I was definitely thinking about 17, like <laughs> full back nine, which is kind of awesome. That's great. It is great. And team delivered today in a big way. I, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot of fun, a lot of train wrecks, mm-hmm. it, to, total separation of uh, tier one and tier two. Agree with that. All right, Kevin, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for chiming in. Well, and- hold on. Solid. I got one more question for KVV. Uh, we had a little tennis comp conversation earlier. If you had to Ooh. make an analogy with, with Scotty to a, a tennis player, past or present, what, what would what would your comp be? Neil, I think I'm going to get deep here and say, like, Boris Becker. Uh, you were going to say maybe Boris not. Becker for some reason. <laughs> you knew I was going to say Boris Becker? Wow. <laughs> no, you didn't, TC. You no, no I was like, I was like, I swear to God he's going to say – like Yvonne Lendl or Boris Becker here. I don't know why. Maybe he's got tax uh, issues, but, you know. I mean, I could also say Sampras. I mean, I know they're, they're little different players, but, like, someone who's just, like, excellent at a lot of things has, you know, Sampras was, like, a, an incredible server, uh, could just put, you know, the ball in spots when he absolutely needed to and, like, sort of rose to the moment constantly. Uh, so maybe Sampras I would lean a little bit more towards, but, like, Becker had that like sort of dry personality. Sampras did too, but where they could be a little bit smart, like um, kind of funny, but not necessarily was like, that wasn't their projection of their personality. Uh, I don't think that Scotty will end up in prison with her tax evasion like Boris Becker did. Uh, so uh, he was spending too much hopefully. money on hookers. <laughs> I don't think Scotty will do that <laughs> either. A tough scene for Boris. Yeah, I don't think so. But maybe Sampras is the best comp of all, like a little bit sort of uh, you know reserved personality, 
can get sort of burn really hot, but um, you know, not like the flashiest dude, but just a consistent like badass. Mm. I love it. All right, we'll let you go, Kevin. Thank you so much for all of your contributions this week, and we will see you again soon. This episode is, of course, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. More than two-thirds of the field at the players played a Pro V1 or Pro V1X, including the champions, Scotty Scheffler, and 10 of the top 12 finishers. Scotty was in complete control of his Pro V1 golf ball all week at TPC Sawgrass, gained more than 17 strokes on the field tee degree. I'm sorry, that's hilarious to read written out. Uh, the most of any player's champ in the shot link era. Uh, he led the field in greens and regulation and around the green. He was clutch. He hit every shot that he needed to. The chip and birdie on the eighth, the up and down for birdie on the front of the 12th green. Uh, that's the shot where they showed the close-up of Scotty's Pro V1 spinning and checking up. Faxon described it as ripping around like a hummingbird around the feeder, which I don't know if that's the Azinger influence on, on Faxon, but I enjoyed that one. And he said, in Scotty's own words, knowing, knowing that golf ball is going to react the way I need it to react when it comes off the face and where it goes on the green, especially when you get in a tour setup where the greens are crazy firm, the wind is blowing, you got to have total control over where that golf ball is going to go. I feel like I've gotten total, cons- I've gotten that consistency with the Titleist golf ball over the years, and I really trust how it reacts. So I had to Titleist.com to find out which ball fits your game best. It's so good. Yo, I'm, 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 I'm here for that Faxon hummingbird analogy. That's good stuff. Only bird that can fly backwards. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Mrs. Schuster had a had a hummingbird feeder yeah. out in the backyard. Fun to watch those birds work. And listen, there's there's some similarities there. Might, might be where TC got a sweet tooth from. We've oh, uh, sugar water. Yeah, just tap sugar it in water. Sugar water. Where's Orion? <laughs> All right, we've done tennis comps. I want to. I want to come up with a golf comp for Scotty. I think I have one in mind, and I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, and he's got to do it for a lot more years. But I want to hear your guys. What golf comps come to mind uh, when you when you compare Scotty Scheffler's game and potential career arc? You can make any kind of case you want. Gosh. I know I'm going to struggle with this one off. Off. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to go? I can Solid go if it'll help. Us up. What about Ernie Els? A lot of years, right? And then, like, we don't have like all the data from the '90s and stuff from from Ernie, some of Ernie's early years. Uh, but it seems that just a you know kind of quiet personality. You know, it is what it is. Supreme ball striker, incredible score, won four major championships. You know, not quite the global player that Ernie Els was. But that's what kind of my comp for him, I think, is like th- this generation's Ernie Els. I can get down with that. Uh, I think it, it's hard to separate. You know, this is a very Randy-esque take, but hard to separate the way Ernie makes golf look and the way Scotty makes golf look, uh, yeah. which are two very, eye test. <laughs> very, very different things. Uh, for some reason, Faldo was the first name that popped into my head of just kind of, you know, he just he just does it all and beats everybody, man. It's, it's, it's not always thrilling. There's not going to be a lot of signature crazy moments he's just gonna when it's all kind of said and done he's, he's just gonna probably have more wins than everybody else I like scotty uh scotty's seems to rattle him off and get super hot whereas it seemed like els was always just kind of you know simmering below the surface a little bit more but scotty also go. does that like he simmers when he's not winning all the events right it's not uh it's it's not like he's hot and cold he just stays extremely steady so i don't know that was the it would take, again, think, he's got to do yeah. this for a lot of years to get on Ernie Els's level. A lot of people have done this little stretch. We've we've made the J-Day comp, but that was kind of what came to mind for me. So, I think those are both great. Uh, Faldo's really good. I, I see Ernie. I With DJ on the swing, it's not the big easy. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I actually have uh, another one, Jim Furyk. A little unorthodox with the swing. Uh, kind of, no, you know, it's like, oh, man, this guy just keeps keeps doing it. And maybe, I don't know if there's – maybe Furyk's not good because there's not enough dominance there. He's more just – well, like Scotty does consistency. But. I think Scotty does a lot of it with power too. I'll say like, Scotty hits like it far. He, that's fair. He hits it really far, and just that's what's so, you know, it's what just drowns people around him. Is like he's both hitting it farther than them, and he has a better short game than them. You know, it's just just brutal. That's this right. is a good comment here from Spelling Champion. Scotty equals Tim Duncan. <laughs> here for that. Let's yeah. let's get the other sports involved again. I'm not, I'm not familiar with one. this golf game. I think Scotty's Davis Love the third. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Davis Love the third from 1992, 93. He won, uh, he won five times in that stretch. Granted, they weren't all BDEs, one of players in that stretch, though, as well. Um, obviously, didn't have kind of the major record early in his career like Scotty's had, but won a lot of big time. Tur- I mean, he won 21 PGA Tour events. Mm-hmm. But Davis win what two majors? Just one. He won one. Just one. The PGA. PGA and then two and then two players. That's that's I like that comp. I think that's a good one. I just feel like I don't know, a little bit different style of swing and stuff, but kind of got it done. Pretty pretty well rounded games. Yeah, good drivers. Mark in the golf Craven ball. in the in the comments has a good one. Uh, Hale Irwin. That's a good one too. Which because I think well rounded is the word. But that's just because they're the bit. same age. That's why. That's why I came up with that. <laughs> they one. came up together. It's kind of unfair. It's kind of lazy. I feel like I don't think Scotty will get to twenty one career PGA Tour wins. That sounds like a lot, but I feel like he'll win more than one major. I think maybe he will get twenty one more than twenty one. But I, another question I had: Will Scotty Scheffler win the career Grand Slam? No. God, he just seems like he's going to win about fourteen U.S. Opens. I don't know. Right. He, I uh, feel like his game, like the, the fact game that his so far he's won on so many different types of courses, right, does make him a really good candidate for the career Grand Slam. I'm not. I'm not uh, falling into this. I'm in. I'm in austerity mode when it comes to giving out uh, <laughs> majors. Inflation is <laughs> out gotta, of we control. We gotta make sure we can pay for these future majors. <laughs> GC, I should be there with you with my Nelly pick, uh, but. We got a lot of time left with that one. You know what? I'm going to I mean, say I, he is. He is going to win the career Grand Slam. I, you know why? Because I think his lifestyle as well. He keeps his nose out of trouble off the course. He's young. He's he's, he's 26. Guys. He's so like, young. I think he's for sure going to get to 21 PGA Tour wins. According, according to Sally, 20, 26 is, su- is super old because he was dogging Ludwig a couple weeks ago from mm. 23. I must have missed that. That was one of the worst attempts you've ever made, TC. You're already flailing in the corner, and we haven't even gotten to Fleetwood yet. We haven't gotten to Tommy yet. I I invented Scotty. I need way more out of you. Go back and pull stuff from 2019, 2020, like 2018 even. I invented him, and I, I almost wish I could uninvent him. This is a He's classic. He's trying to pull his Dr. Frankenstein routine yeah. here. I'm not. No, this it. is a classic TC, which is you throw a massive 12 6 curveball, <laughs> and then you you go on defensive of a, a point that hasn't even been made. Yet. <laughs> well, I, I, I wish we could pull it on the podcast right now. Solly during Bay Hill Week was like, yeah, it's really not that impressive what Ludwig's doing because nope. he. Because nope. he's 22 or 23. Nope. No, I like wish we could pull word it. word for word what you said. He, he, I wasn't he said he's the pod, not. But I'm guessing he was saying, remember, Jordan Spieth was 21. Yes, exactly. It's I've also just like, dude, like Ludwig's like 23, like a kind of an older amateur here as he's competing in these, you know, PGA <laughs> Tour events. the back line of his career. We didn't like salute. No, I mean, Scotty's Scotty's an older pro. <laughs> Correct. 
I got yeah yeah. I, I will I will I will die on that Ludwig take. Like he's an older amateur. Like I'm I'm sorry. That's not it's not it's different than like a 17 year old amateur finishing top I, 20. I think it's still impressive tournament. though. So of I'm course not it is. Ludwig of course it is. I'm saying he's like he's a, a polished professional. He's like Morikawa. Morikawa was older as an amateur as well, and he's essentially a polished pro, like ready to roll out. That was the take. Come on, TC. You're like go for three. Do you want to do Fleetwood now? Because we can. Are we <laughs> why, why don't we do that, yep. TC? Are you going to apologize? Yep. No, for what? <laughs> Played well. You, you say 70, 76 good score. He played score well. Did you see what score. happened on the back nine? Yeah, and he on had the front tough, nine. He was trying to win the golf tournament. All right? Did he? he? Wasn't trying to. <laughs> wasn't trying to play for play for sixth place or anything like that. He shot sixty five yesterday. Solid. It sounds like a seven. A bit of a Jason Gore. I talked situation. to him yesterday. Let's he's get, let's, he's let's like, go get it. Get I'm it. back. The putter's still. You know, I'm still worried about the putter. Overall, though, he was ninth in approach to the green. This week. Oh, ninth. Mm. All right. Ninth. Taste it. How much money do they give out DC, for that? DC? I, Tommy's hard to root against. Okay. But no one's rooting against TC's no easy to root against guys, though. You guys, you guys are rooting against Tommy. <laughs> We're rooting against no, you, not Tommy. I, yeah. I just need him to show up. You have to Sunday. know it's, it's 100% personal TC. I just want to assure <laughs> you of that. Tommy's an underdog, man. You guys gotta, gotta get on board for, you know, like when, when this ship sails, and like he's probably going to win at LACC, uh, if Max doesn't win, and or if Cam doesn't win, and you guys are going to be trying to get on the train. He won the Ned Bank Golf Challenge last year, <laughs> late in the year, uh, you know, which I did forget about. T four at the CJ Cup in South mm-hmm. Carolina. He's he's TC. You know, he was T four at 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 the Open at St Andrews. He's T four at the at the Scottish Open. He he's proven without that ever he can play. competing. It pains me to say it. He's having his worst season, TC. That's what we're asking for an explanation to this point. Only based on he's score. having his worst season. It's fucking March twelfth. The season he's had eight starts so far this year. He's he's a half shot gain. That is the worst of his career by a ton. TC, this was his fourth event. This was his fourth event stateside. I've got a legitimate question. So now you only want to count stateside. We have Asia, we have Abu Dhabi, we have we have Dubai. He was T fifty nine in cut, or he's T thirty eight, T fifty nine in those. Okay. I have a, I have a legitimate <laughs> question, TC. I want I, I, no bit, nothing here. I, I want to know: Are you are you concerned at all that that Tommy's going to miss his window? I'm a little bit concerned. He already has missed his window. Um, I know, am too, he, and that sucks exactly because I want him to win. Dude, his putting was so bad the last couple of years, and then he kind of lost his driver. He's still only 32, though. I think Tommy's got another like good four years left in him. The reality, he's had some, uh, you know, uh, something happened in his personal life that was very difficult. His mom passed away. Like we're, yeah. we're, again, this is not about Tommy TC. This is about this is about you apologizing. We a, a simple apology would go a long way. At two of the at two of the four majors. Last I year. tried, guys. I did my best. I did my absolute best to try to pin down an apology. We're not going to get one. You know, like he he's had he's had two top tens at the players. He's not going to like. I know he hasn't won stateside yet. But it's coming. He's going to do it, okay? And you guys are going to apologize to me on the spot when that happens. I don't see. Me... I will. I will <laughs> gladly apologize to you on the spot when that happens because what I want to see. I agree with you. Great top ten, but they're never competitive top tens. It's the same thing you criticize Finau for. It's like mm-hmm. the guy is just mm-hmm. not around. Like he's not he a factor on Sunday. He doesn't have like he's not one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the whole fucking world. Like and, and that is. and this is this is where I need to pin you down, TC. And and based on how you answer this question is going to tell me a lot about your intentions here. He, he enters the final round five back on using your own words here. 
golf course it's not a driving contest absolute second shot haven for the best iron players in the world <laughs> of which you said day. many times that he is in the wind where he should absolutely shine and he goes out and shoots 76 tc how can you sleep on that i mean it's a true rick rubin preach dj <laughs> Maybe I'll take him out to Cyprus or something. Like <laughs> That's a good answer. That's Hell a really yeah. good answer. <laughs> hey man, why you? Do we, do we need to talk about why you're doing this? DC's going to take him to Splash World. I, I also want to add in Fleetwood was one of the best drivers in the world. Uh, you know, pre twenty twenty. Yeah, but not in the same way that Finau was. There, I think Finau, he's like better, longer, and more accurate than Finau off the tee. No fucking way. See longer than Finau off the tee. Tony Finau doesn't hit it as far as people think he does off the tee. They are they're about now. Now Fleetwood is longer. Finau was longer back in like 2018, 2019, but now like Tony's like a seven yards above average, and Tommy actually Tommy's decreased it a little bit. And and at Tommy's peak, he was 12 and 11 and nine and a half yards above average, and that has come back down to earth. That's what's concerning, man. We he was this dude that you want him to be, and he's not being that anymore. That's what he just hasn't been it lately. All right, we we don't need to be talking about Tommy this long. We got (laughs) the live from guys. He's deflected. He's in the court. He's in the corner. He's punching. We got the live from guys are are in the are in the cubicle again. This is some, this is TC's uh, Monahan on CNBC moment. Right here. Some <laughs> to Red lights flashing behind him. The market's crashing. The world's shutting down. TC, we are, nah, man. We're we are fine. TC and I are moving right, I'm gonna on. Go, I'm gonna go to my <laughs> tour section. <man. laughs> we're not gonna go hang out in his workshop. <laughs> we're about legacy, not leverage. TC needs to go work on his takes back there in the shop. <laughs> uh, guys, they, all they the comments are flowing in. Right. People are saying TC should take him to the tree farm. TC should take him out to Jack's Beach. T- you know, TC, you should go have a day with him. You know for what? Sure. I will. I will take him to the tree farm. I'll take Finno too. Uh, I went up to the tree farm this week. It was excellent. It's also fucking pouring right now. They got this tournament in right in time. Hence why the uh, live from guys, the live from the players guys, not the live from the kill house guys, are are back in in, in a little like back office with the with the blinds and the plants and everything. TC's deflecting. We're talking about weather now. Solly, where do you want to take us next? Tyrrell oh, Hatton no, played Neil, one. Of, you want to talk about weather? My app? My app no. was spot on. Thank God you said Spot that. on. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton played one of the most profitable nine holes of golf maybe ever. Uh, he was at five under par when he turned after bogeying the ninth hole. He birdied 10, birdied 12, birdied 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, that's, that's the last five holes. If you are counting, he wins the second place prize of $2.725 million. I believe that's the most ever for a second place finish in a golf tournament, not called FedEx Cup. And Solly, just to uh, follow up on that, if he would have shot even par, remained at five under, uh, he would have won 167 grand. <laughs> so that, that good, is a lucrative nine holes. Two point six. Pro had it rolling, there yeah, f- for a while. Uh, I'd had Hatton for a for a win. Got the solo second. The Vision Fund starting to poke around though, guys. <laughs> I want to say Hell I thought yeah. Hatton's. It's almost a shout out to Tarico, but Hatton's post round interview was great. I, I really enjoyed, you know, him sitting down when he's in a good mood. He's when he's in a bad mood, he's great. When he's a good, I like, I just, I like watching, watching Hatton play golf period point blank. 
I'm going to have to agree to disagree on, with Azinger, who said he, uh, he never blames anybody but himself. You uh, know, I, I like that as well. So I, yeah. that, that was Well, you, no, don't disagree with me. I'm talking about Tariko's like, no, no, no. sit down no, with no, 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 no. Paul Azinger said Hatton on, uh, only ever gets mad at himself. He never blames anyone else. Yeah. He only blames that's, himself. That's yeah. yeah. He got mad at Augusta, Southern Hills. He also got mad in that post on interview about the eighth hole. He apparently doesn't like 235-yard par threes, <laughs> so we don't need those. Uh, I think he birdied that hole today, by the way, and also said he, he did not like yeah. that hole. So... Um, no, Haddon's had a great finish last week at Bay Hill. Um, he plays really well in Florida for for whatever reason. And uh, a solo second is a very, very, very good tournament to finish solo second in. We need to get him mega, mega, mega involved in a the final round of a major. I, I don't know what would be better theater right now than than that. It kind of feels like one of those, like, man, that's the only thing we we really haven't seen with this this crop of players. Is that that guy under extreme final round, final group, pressure would would absolutely love that uh he's certainly playing some damn good golf right now he he's is. up to he's back up to what 17th in the world i think um he's he's coming for the Ryder cup guys he'll be rising after this week i assume as well um Hogecoin had considerable gains on Saturday and sustained them and despite, you know, a ever-changing market and some runs on the bank out west. Um, he seems to have stabilized for a T3 finish after making the cut on the number and, and breaking the course record on Saturday. Um, I am looking yeah, Hatton is up to 17th, up to 17th after this result. Yeah. Correct there, TC. Um, Hogecoin, who else was T3? Why don't I have that in front of me? Uh, uh, Victor Hovland. Hovland. Yeah. Victor Hovland. Hovland had a weird week. Very weird. A bit of a backdoor T3 there, but yeah. good for him. I mean, we kind of ragged on him the last couple nights. So he, he he unsubscribed, and then he decided he, he was going to resubscribe. Yeah, I don't know how we talk about his golf before we talk 10. about the fit today. Because, I mean, Awful. somebody needs to step in and, and help him out. Something... I guess he was supposed to be wearing green pants today, too, and he said, no, like, thanks, but no thanks. Guys, Jay Lindenberg hey. needs to be stopped. Like, somebody I, I... needs to step in. Maybe I've just been flogged too much with with bad fashion, but this one didn't bother me as much as as many others. I don't know why you guys you guys were losing your mind over this. I've, I don't know. There's I many we've got a bit of, of an, outfits. We've got a bit of an axis of evil going on with <laughs> Jay Lindbergh, Under Armour, and then Nike kind of pops its head up, almost like At the you know, North Korea starts bucking its head, mm. sending missiles up, and then it kind of quiets down, and then it starts up again. You just never really know what Nike's going to bring, so. I'm, I'm, but but I, I think it's really Lindbergh and Under Armour. They need to be stopped. I'm with you there, Solly. I will I will ride with you on that one. This the, uh, this feels like a T three that will when you look back at will be like ah I mean what a great finish and I don't really have a lot of Hovland memories for the week. I don't know how to marry those two things, but it seems like a, a non competitive T three, which usually I'm against ragging on. But again, I'm waiting for like the moment for Hovland, and I don't think this counts. Which yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm like. The reason I'm hard on Hovland is because I think he's really, really good, and I expect a lot out of him. Immensely talented. Um, yeah, and it's just there's weird misses, and there's 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 just no flow in some of these rounds. I also want to say, why do we give Hideki and Sungjae, some of the Japanese and Korean guys, why do we give them passes on being like horribly dressed? <laughs> That's where I'm at, TC. Like, you want to throw that Hovland thing is is a uh, you know. 
that's threat level zero compared to the stuff Hideki's trotting out every day. It's bad. Every day. It's we awful. have we have ridden Hideki for this. The yellows are bad. The strikes on the stripes. We have ridden Hideki enough. No one else seems to, but I will. I'll stand up for us on this one, TC. I think we've ridden Hideki yeah, plenty we hard. Have. The, the one thing just, that Sungjae gets away with anymore at this point. Yeah, I, I, we have been hard on Hideki for his fashion. The the when the the sponsor stuff when they do the patches it looks so sloppy Dude, not even the patches it's it's heat transfer patches i mean it's yeah. just like man are you guys trying at all like what 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 happened there like you know sungjae's been wearing bibigo for years like wh- how can you guys not get some embroidery done what are we doing it looks yeah, Sungjae, really really sloppy looks like a sticker Sungjae had an all black outfit on with with a white belt today Aaron rye had a, a white belt on today with a black, black outfit bad Bad stuff. TC, uh, I feel like, though, you have to ride for, for Aaron Rye just because of the double black gloves. It's like yeah. looks like your uncle. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I want to give a shout-out to Hideki's putting. Yep. Uh, I was going there next, TC. He had a great putting week and is actually he having a relatively like, good putting year. He looked like damn Ben Crenshaw out there today on the greens. <laughs> just walking him in from everywhere. I don't know if there's been any change of any kind, but I think we took him to task uh, a few weeks ago. Maybe he's a listener uh, to the show. But uh, coming off two missed cuts, I wasn't necessarily expecting this, but he's had he's had a couple of really bad weeks, but for the most part, you know, he's been above ground on putting in most tournaments he's played so far this year, which in, but pulling this number out of my ass, it feels like he does it about 30% of the time. He's like above field average on putting and wastes incredible ball striking weeks, but... Um, it is seeming to regulate a little bit or, you know, get, get, get around a, a normal and acceptable level that he's not wasting talent on. So I still can't believe Hoagie finished T3 after a first round 78. <laughs> That's I mean, wild. Please, nuts. please pronounce it correctly. It's Hoge. <laughs> Hoagie was, was like, he was like Hogan out there, uh, knocking down sticks. Hit the, what he hit the stick on 14. Was it? I think he hit one yeah. on the way down, hit the flag. Speaking of hidden sticks, Max Homa flipping over after uh, birding the 11th hole, or I'm sorry, eagling the 11th hole and birding the 10th hole, flips over to 12 and hits the stick on the fly with driver. Uh, I'm really glad that rough is there left of the green to hold that ball from preventing it from going in the water because that was that would have been a, a, a crime if that ball would have gone in the water. I, I've always been a big fan of that little strip of rough left of that pin. I'm I I don't know if we want to fight about it now. I'm actually okay with the with the strip on twelve. Why, you Deej? Because I think you, strip. if you take it away, if you take it away, I think it limits the number of people who are going to actually go for the green. Because and it's I, a terrible I, hole. Sure, and that's fine. But I think like if it's if it's like anything left half of the green is going in the water, like nobody's going to try to go for the green. And there's still balls that go in the water on twelve. So maybe yes. you could thin you could thin it out a little bit if if you want. I, I would be down for that. Maybe it's a little too too thick, but like you know, on principle, I'm I'm okay with I'm I, okay with it. I don't think anyone's hitting that shot thinking like ah, if I go left of this pin, like that's okay. Like it still is well, like it could hit the slope and go in it. Like, I just don't. It still saves balls that don't deserve to be saved. And there's I, plenty I would, of room up there. There's a there's a hap, there's has to be a, a, a happy medium because if they don't have that strip of rough there. A, a chip or something from the right side of the green, or if somebody lays up, like you can't have like Max's ball roll into the water there. It's a 320 yard par four. Like it's the, the only defense on the hole is that bank going over to the. So my, the my answer to that is I think the bank is very steep. Can you firm up the bank so that it's just rejecting balls? Like it's a lacrosse ball or 
can you make it even steeper and still have that catch? But like, I don't know. Are guys going to put off? Because if you don't have it there, guys could put off the green and it go in the water. You it know, wasn't or they're that chipping from that, that thick they were rough. Put it off the green into the water. There. Well, if they bail right, I don't know. I just think it, it would be too too uh, penal if they didn't have the strip there. So I, I, I agree also, with you that some balls get saved that shouldn't, but I I see why they have it there. Is what I'm getting at. And and actually, Robert Nelson is is digging up a, a favorite take of mine that I think I've said every year at the players. And this is 100 serious, not a bit. They need to notch the collars around there. <laughs> it should be. It should be alternating like shaved like green and then, you know, thick rough that's going to stop it. Uh, and I think that would truly be be such a thrill. When you get the ball running on the ground, you don't know if it's going to hit one of the notches of rough or one of the clean spots roll right in the water. I think that would be. I thought the setup was, was great sorry. overall. On 12, this is not, I'm not done with this yet. I'm sorry. Because they shaved the bank left of 17 and at uh, TPC Scottsdale and everyone goes for that hole. Right, like that—that's part of the balance of the risk reward. Is like if I go too far left here, it, how the TPC Sawgrass. The, my problem is does this so well. They have so much good exchange of risk reward. Of hey, if you want to take this on on sixteen, here is what your benefit is going to be. You are going to risk going in the water, but if you bail left, like that is a trade off that is going to be a, a payment you're going to have to make. Eleven, that same shot, same way. Whereas twelve is, they've literally said like we've changed the whole based on feedback from the players. It's kind of like the 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 face of the trophy of the players' championship. They're just like merging everyone's opinions on what a drivable par four should be, and they've turned into a hole with not a ton of risk into it. It's just like hey, hit the driver at the hole, and we'll go find it and go figure it out from there. It's not a good exchange of value around that hole, and I don't necessarily enjoy like. They, they said Sungjae stepped up to the tee and he immediately took the head cover off the driver. And I was like, dude, no, I want to see you think about this. Like, I want like, you to go through a process of how much risk do I want to take on here? And that's the one hole out there that just does not fit that for me. It's so, so would you it's trade a, it it's then? It's a black eye on the course. Would you have some, if you do that, if you shave it, then do you give him a bailout on the right? Because right now there's those mounds and yeah. that awful that's rough over there. And I'm just thinking about guys that, you know, I guess you have to have a little bit of a give somewhere because I just look at those chips as running right over the green, and now it's a but that's a what happens. It's a short four, like like seventeen at at uh, Phoenix. Like it's it it's has more room a, to the right though. No, they've that's, got a bailout at, at, yeah. on seventeen in Phoenix. You can like, always lay up if you want to. That's an option too. I mean, it's not like it's it's just not a good hole. It like the whole thing is just so contrived and like poorly poorly thought out. And it's the same thing, like. I have more of a problem with with the stripper rough on thirteen and on seventeen. Yeah, I think they should lean into like no, you got to like land it. You know what? Like or make the rough half as thick. It was just very thick in those spots this week, um, where I thought, especially once the, which I get, I think they were preparing for a pretty firm, fast tournament, and it was that Thursday, Friday, and then rains or you know uh, on Thursday, and then it rains overnight Friday, and I think once once it rained and once it softened things up and slowed it up, I think they should have taken the collar levels down. Only thing I'll say to that, TC, is it didn't feel like there were balls screaming towards the water on 13 and 17 that got saved by the rough. There were balls that ended there, but like the, Dude, they, they were just kind of like... should have been wet yesterday on Saturday, 100%. He, his was, he landed it on the bank and it was rolling in and got stopped. On which hole? Like 13 or 17? On 13. Hmm. I don't remember that one. You guys are, you guys are uh, making a good argument on 12. I think 
as as a par four, bringing the layup into play more, seeing how guys play it. Like right now, you're right on solid. Like it, it is a no decision. We're sending it here, and you either hit the shot or you don't. Uh, you know, you could you could convince me that they should shave that down. Thank you. But Deej, I'm actually more with you. Like, let's do the alternating thing. I think it'd be sick. Very sick. That's, yeah, be happy to get salt on that. With with it's a, tr- it's a true rub of the green situation. <laughs> that would be very. That'd be a trademark thing. Like, oh, if they don't do this anywhere else, this is this is uh, this is a sawgrass thing. No, I I, I, think the I want to turn this into a positive. I I want to dick ride for a moment. I thought the agronomy t- team did an awesome job this year. Like it was. It was far better. It was far more dynamic condition than it was the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of that's weather related, but I think there's, I think they're finally figuring out how to, how to make it work with the March thing and the overseed while still keeping it firm. So I, I tend to agree. I think they had a great winter uh, leading up to it that probably helped. You know, they had no curveballs thrown to them and they could kind of play God as much as they wanted to with it. And uh, I feel like it was overall good, solid test. You know, tough at times, really easy at times on Saturday, relatively easy and gettable today. It wasn't, you know, but not handed to you. It just felt like a good balance. And I mean, almost everyone did ups and downs at some point other than Scotty, right? And I think that is a good uh, testament to that golf course. There was no, almost no, other than Scotty running away, there was no inevitability with anyone, right? There was no like, ah, oh, he's going to go here on this hole and he's going to do that. There was mystery in almost everything except for, you know, that gap at the top, so which is unfortunate. The pins were great too. I mean, I thought, you know, maybe they were a little bit easy on, on, on Saturday in spots or, you know, easy in a row, but I thought they did awesome stuff on four. They had it over and just in varied spots, like even on um, on 13 today or on four today, like they're, they were just in, they weren't at the bottom of the bowls. They were farther back in spots or, or you know, just kind of keeping guys off balance a little bit more. Uh, I thought it was a good mix of penal and fun on 17 yeah. all week. DJ, you mentioned it earlier on text, the 18th hole. It's good to see it back. Yeah, the Once back pin, the the funnel pin on eighteen on Sunday is a disgrace. Get that get that out of here. Got to be the back pin, and the back pin on sixteen is awesome too. But that's one you could convince me for sure to shave that rough back there. Yes, that's bullshit. There were a lot of shots you, back there. Did that you see where Garrick Higo yes. ended up? Oh my so god, so good. Like, how was that even possible? Yeah, he airmailed the the water on sixteen, then flips over to seventeen and hit one. I don't know. I'll exaggerate it. 20 yards long of 17 green, like not even freaking close. What what happened? I I could probably tell you what happened. (laughs) He was trying to hit a smoothie. (laughs) He didn't want to get it up in the jet stream. He was taking the front water out of play. That's what he was doing. That's right. That's right. He was he was taking out the the first hazard. Like, no, that we gotta get it over this this pop bunker in the front. Shot oh. tracker has that at 151 yards that it landed, which is all right, seven yards long of the bank. So not quite 30 yards, just short of it. But just short. Um, Max had an awesome charge today. It, it did feel like the uh, the inevitable cream. There was a cream rising moment uh, for a lot of the day here. And you, know, you look up at that leaderboard, and it was very much a you know we were kind of laughing at it as of yesterday. Um, but the cream definitely rose and uh, made an awesome charge. But Rents went on 17. As soon as he after it went in the water, it looked like he turned to uh, Joe and said the wind switched. That was uh, that was his reaction to it going barely long. But he was not alone in burying one into the water on 17. He wasn't. He he needed to make that putt on sixteen. He he kind of just got yeah. let that approach leak a little bit left. Hit a fucking awesome drive. 
down 16. I kind of low key, like as Scotty was wobbling just a little bit on that front nine before he made that big, long, you know, stretch of birdies. I was like, God, Max, like might actually do this. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be the wildest thing in the world. And yeah, I obviously needed to make three or four on 16 and then 17 was just an extra kind of kicking the nuts and lighting some cash on fire. But and the crazy part is like, like let's say Scotty's got it locked up. These guys playing for second place are still playing for over $2 million. Yeah. Crazy. Like more than a lot of weeks, you know? Uh, so it, it, it's almost like a tournament within a tournament. You're like, all right, we've already, we've already decided the first prize, but we have the second prize. That's outrageously big. It was a blast. I got to watch Max a fair amount this week. It was really, really fun to watch him in a like a confidence mode that looks just a little different than every other year we've watched him in this tournament. I uh, I am that dude. I do belong here. I don't need to prove this to anyone. Like it's it's evident to everyone. And uh, I mean, he's just. You look at his numbers on the year, man. It is just supreme, supreme golf. And uh, if we're talking about the big three or the top three guys or whatever, I think I wouldn't go far down the list. You know, before I'd say Max's name after that, and I don't know who I'd nominate uh, ahead of anyone that's not in that top three. Yeah, and I I feel like he didn't really get in a groove this week. Like it was like everything was, he just like sh through sheer force of will and just like that wasn't even close to his ceiling this week. He was no. I was talking to him a little bit on Saturday and he's like, man, the the you know, I just I was like a foot on the wrong side of a lot of ridges the first two days and I mean I think all of his stats are pretty like nothing really stands out like crazy. It was just kind of solid across the board and. But I think the big difference is like, you know, what was the cut two over? Yep. Yeah. Like in the past, I think like this is a cut that he misses, right? Like he has yeah. an, another kind of sloppy mistake here or there Thursday and Friday makes another bogey or two. And he's right on that cut line and yep. just on the wrong side of it instead of the right side of it. And instead now he like gets through the cut line and all of a sudden is like, sweet, I'm now I have a chance to get out and run this weekend and truly nothing to lose. Let's just go get after it. And you know, makes a big ass check at the end of the week instead like that's up to sixth in the world yeah like that's how top 10 players sixth tend to do world. it jesus man yeah he went from 12 to 8 at genesis 8 to 7 last week 7 to 6 this week mm. uh justin rose t6 sung j t6 cam davis t6 minwoo did not bring it today it did not happen neil does not have to do the minwoo lee uh mustache unfortunately uh, i was really looking forward to seeing that but um it just, I, I don't know, man. I These guys know strategy a lot better than I do, but it seemed like he was th uh, throwing brake pedals up off the tee pretty much most of the day, did not want to go to the driver. He was sending drivers on Saturday, and I don't know if he had a bad warm-up or whatever it was, but he did not trust the driver, maybe for good reason with what we saw on 11. Um, but, yeah, it was a, a kind of a weird strategy day for Min Wooley, it's, it felt like. Yeah, easy easy to do this, and who knows what was going through his head. Obviously, it's not like he's new to pro golf, but, like, even the the shot on two where they're like, yeah, he's just going to keep this under the trees, punch it. They're like, oh, God, he accidentally like hit it through the tree. It's like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> not is it. not going to happen. This is not, this ain't it. This, this guy doesn't have it today. There's the, That's not not right. That just kind of the weak one on three, short right, the bad drive on four that, you know, he's laying up out of the rough on four. It's like, yeah, this is going to get. Then funny. he puts yeah. one in the water. Uh, so I got two two moments that stuck out to me, and I want to shout out the broadcast for this. One was on uh, four. Nothing worse than a bet like late playing it smart. It was an automatic layup where he missed off the tee, chips it out, perfect position, puts it in the water, spins it back into the water on four. 
And I think things start just moving really, really quickly there. And uh, John Wood pointed that out. I was like, man, there's probably no worse feeling than like I did everything right. And then I still hit it in the water. I, I personally think that's the worst feeling in golf. Um, and then on nine and Azinger called this out, his caddy kind of took over. He had the, it was second shot on nine. Uh, he had three wood out. He was going to send it. And the caddy was like, dude, you clearly, you don't feel comfortable with this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit a four iron or a five iron and we're going to hit a layup. And you know, the announcers, they're kind of second guessing like, ah, man, you know, actually I think as long as he can get it over those trees, he should send it here and credit to his caddy for, you know, taking the wheel but at the same time it was like he's not in he wasn't really in control of his round if that makes sense he wasn't really dictating he wasn't playing offense he was playing very defensively and, and that that shot on nine kind of summed that up for me he yeah. did have 308 to the hole from from nine fairway so it might have been a good move from the caddy in, in that yeah, regard. the hole i guess their point was you it was it was like 270 or 280 to the front like that's a big that's a very long green so they were saying you get it up there and you have tons of green to have an easy chip, basically what Scheffler had yeah. and Scheffler hit iron there. And he, so I guess their point was like, man, you might want to get it as close as possible because this layup, you know, the third shot's not going to be that easy. And he, you know, kind of hits like 30 feet. Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. um, I don't know at that point in the round, it's like, are you, you know, you probably got to pick a spot to start doing some big things. I thought John Wood and Smiley were both awesome hmm. all weekend. It's okay. wild how quickly we've, I mean, I guess it's been like this for a bit, but I was thinking about that this morning when, or when, when the leaders first teed off, like, oh yeah, John Wood's like the guy now, like he's, he's the go-to like, you know, premier group, like he's going to be with the final group. And I feel like he, he fits in great. It, it's, I'm thankful to have him out there. He does a great job. Feels like Smiley's working his ass off. I feel like you, I've heard him with like six different groups today. It was like, how, wait, how is he with that group now? Were you just over with that group? I feel like they're sending him pretty much everywhere. But um, a shout, another shout out to David Lingworth. T6 finish. He had an even par round uh, today. He had a, a gritty one under par on the back nine to make a nice, nice, sizable paycheck to, uh, again, a guy that grinded his way through the Corn Ferry Tour uh, finals last year, won the Columbus event, now back on the PGA Tour and uh, getting an enormous amount of points and enormous amount of cash. Uh, we've, we've talked about that a lot this week, but a shout-out to a, a good final round and an awesome week, and uh, very excited about that in the Solomon household. 52nd in the uh, in the FedEx Cup standings right now. Needs a, needs some, some more good finishes to get into those elevated events next year. How now, fun is that going to be to follow this year? Right? Truly. I think it truly is. Yeah. Who's I, a mule and who's a big day player? <laughs> <laughs> 51 to mule. The mule comments. Did you guys have, have you guys talked about these? We, about we did, but yeah. you know, the we can the Sunday apps get a lot more listeners. Listening yeah. all week. Yeah. You got, you Ryan Armour said uh, very unfortunate comments J with Dave Shedlowski, Golf Digest. Armour kind of goes in on, hey, we're good enough to. Do you want me to read them? I, I, yeah, I could just, say, yeah, just go ahead and read them. Guys who keep their cards, uh, they're good players, but they're not going to have a chance to play the playoffs. <laughs> uh, we can talk about that. Uh, they're not getting into any of the designated events, but they want those players to be mules for you at all the pro-ams, all the charity visits, all the hospital visits and sponsor events. And we're good enough to do that, but not good enough to play in designated events like we did this year, question mark. God, there's there's like three more paragraphs of like of shitty stuff as well. Like, yeah, like I know we're not very, like I know these guys aren't, 
aren't as good as these other guys, but like they're pretty good mean. players, though. They're pretty <laughs> good players. Really they, awesome. they were there was coffee in the break room before, and they took it away. <laughs> and now I have to buy my coffee. I got on and him a little bit. That's not fair. I got on him a little bit for for including hospital visits in that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a shitty inclusion. I, I know he probably didn't didn't mean it that way. People have he might have good things to say about Ryan Armour, but. Yeah, you know, it's like, all right, like, you're not just not doing that stuff out of the goodness of your heart. Um, but, but yeah, man, it's like, that's kind of the fucking point here, right? Like, you're, like, the, you're, the not, you're not really, as good. The, the one that really got with me was just like, man, these guys are just because they're not good enough. Now you're not letting them into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, well yeah, dude. Like, I, I don't. I don't understand the, whole point the, of the playoffs. The issue, not to project on anybody, but as Randy always makes the joke, like a lot, lot of personal responsibility guys out on the PJ tour until you start, uh, you know, turn into a little bit more of a, you start taking some of the socialism away, but that's, uh, he started, that's here nor there. he started referencing Dean Beeman and, and Mr. Beeman, you know, the mission statement of the tour, which is to provide playing opportunities for all the members, all that which stuff. You guys are like, Tali, you've been harping on this for a while, but, you still have playing opportunities for a ten million dollar purse. Like, it's like, not like we're, we're what not if I, these guys out on the street? What if I told you the purses are staying the same and we're taking all the good players away? <laughs> exactly. Like, what if I told you that? Like, yeah, we're talking try- Chris Kirk about take yeah. not not playing Riv and going to Honda and and you on know, to- making his season. On top of this, like it's nut. On top of this, also, <laughs> hey, uh, like twenty five ish guys that were very capable players left the tour like not only you're talking about a 75th guy is not going to be able to make it like just to get to 75 you already bypassing 25 guys that used to be there right like even with them leaving you can't get in like maybe you're not good enough for the playoffs have you thought of that yeah, we don't we don't have to harp on it too long. I just wanted to double click on that because uh, mules comment. I feel like that really needs to stick around. I might even do do a mule of the week. It might be mule or not. Or is is so and so a mule or not? I think is a good bit to keep week to week. You know, armor shoots seventy two seventy nine legs with this one. He knew he was going <laughs> to catch up. smoke. He said he was like, I know I'm going to catch heat for this. Which say it anyway. As always, guys, share your opinions. That's not what this is. But listen, if they're not good opinions, you know, there's a comment right, here. There's a comment here. To come on, Cody, put that comment up. It says the difference between uh, Streelman's point about difference between 50 and 51st guy is ridiculous too. This still exists. The difference between 30 and 31 is an enormous difference. There's two years of status that comes with finishing 30th right now. You get into all the majors if you finish 30th, and 31st does not get any of those benefits. Like, there is a hard line already. It is now getting friendlier with that. It is going to 50. Like, that is a nicer – that is actually moving backwards. So And and there's – you know, it's probably going to be with players that you've heard of or more players that you've heard of falling out of it, which I think is interesting, kind of getting relegated. And Ryan Armour, guess what he finished last year in the FedEx Cup? 124, probably. 117th. So he's he would have finished well outside the 125 had yeah. a couple dozen guys not left for live, right? Hmm. So it's like, you shouldn't even be in this fucking tournament, man. <laughs> Let him know, TC. I, I really like the comment. That, that might be the game going for dog killer or mule. <laughs> <laughs> or dog or mule. We'll just we'll keep it in the animal kingdom. <laughs> I said this the other night, though. It's like, 
Man, it still sure feels like Ryan Armour's compensated for this, all these things that he's doing, right? Yeah, I'm sorry you're not going to get in the designated events, but yeah. you're going to complain about all these things you have to do for the PGA Tour. Kind of feels like they pay you money for all that stuff. And, and also, it's just such a mentality, uh, I don't know, not, not to be a cheese ball, but like, it just seems like the guys who are who are already just like, this is bullshit. Like, you're not going to let me in. It's like, dude, we haven't played the fucking season yet. Go qualify for him, man. Yeah, like you think that's what Scotty's saying? You think that's what Max is saying? You think like, like, dude, just well, it's go- a shout out to Mister Nicholas. Like the guys complaining about the U.S. Yeah. Open, the conditions. Like, well, that guy's not gonna win. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. have to worry about him. <laughs> God, it's that's a good so, one. So deflating. Just, the fact that Ryan yeah. Armour hasn't finished inside the top 100 except for one year, the, the one year that he won, in a, and he's 47 years old. Yeah, so I like, know what Deej is laughing about. <laughs> The Comcast business top ten mules of the year. (laughs) That's Tom Dunn. That's good stuff right there. I I think we got to come up with a better company though. It can't be Comcast. Like who? Who is the like? What brand identifies with mules? (laughs) El Chapo's mules, a a top (laughs) ten. Who are we? I know Yeti does a lot of ranch stuff, coach. So is this is this time to shoehorn in the the Yeti coldest moment of the week? Yeah, you guys want to do that? We we could do the Yeti mules. Maybe we'll (laughs) take Gary Mule Deer. <laughs> Let's do the Yeti coldest moment of the week. Uh, the Rambler 18 ounce bottle is your must have holding drinking vessel that should be immediately added to your bag. This tough bottle is double wall vacuum insulated to keep your water ice cold until the last sip. It is dishwasher safe. Easy cleaning comes standard with the chug cap lid, the shatter resistant drinking spout that allows for easy pulls on the go. I love it so much. I actually stole one of Cody's yet uh, ramblers that he had here. Uh, one that I already had. I got home and I had two of the same rambler and I kind of felt bad about that. I did return it. I want to note that. Thank but, you. I um, got two here as well. Ollie. Love these bottles. I take them everywhere. Uh, and of always, we appreciate Yeti's sponsorship. So we're going to give you our Yeti coldest moment of the week. Uh, DJ, why don't you go first? So mine is a pretty easy one. I'm sure it's been touched on in the show uh, throughout the week, but I'm just going to say coldest moment of the week is smelting gold boy down, shoving him into a a nature reserve nearby, drowning him in the water. I saw Barry, uh, you know, reimagined the uh, gold boy being smelted down into the tournament water there uh, at the players. But with, with a just ounce of sincerity, the tour NBC, everyone like saw this gold boy thing from last year as a massive black eye instead of like, man, that would have actually made the back night a little bit more fun today. You, would have <laughs> had, you had this like complete runaway train wreck of a, of a, of viewing experience. Just nobody's fault. Just, you know, that's the way it goes. It was, it was over having a few gold boy augmented reality moments just to, just to get the people frothed up a little bit, I think would have, would have actually shown a little self-awareness Get in on the bit. bit of, Come on. Uh, yeah, it would have been just a little bit of like, hey, we we see you. We can laugh at ourselves. It's okay. Uh, and it would have, I think you would have flipped everybody on it. They would have actually been like, ah, this gold boy thing's actually kind of sweet. I'm, I'm in on it. But instead, they tucked their tail between their legs, ran away, and uh, they did gold boy extremely dirty after he put himself out there last year uh, in a big way. So well, with the uh, with the uh, the smelting here, it's, it might be the hottest moment of the week. You know? Possibly, get the coffee mugs out. Get yeah. get the yeti the yeti mugs out. Well, and that's the beauty of the yetis. You know, they go both ways, right? right. You can well said. Keep it hot or cold, whatever whatever you need. They did smelt Scotty into the trophy, into the into Gold Boy, uh, in, in a tweet afterwards, which uh, I've not gotten to read the reaction to that one yet. But it was very much. A, I felt like that was a little hat tip towards 
the uh, the Twitter crew. I'm kind of in on that graphic. I think that graphic's kind of sweet. Maybe I'm just. Did they unsmelt? Uh, they unsmelt cam in, in, out of it. It's a good I question. So. For for those that don't remember, I think one of my favorite players things ever was when they were making the claim that the face of the trophy is a composite of of all of the past champions, or something like that. It's just a true like you know answer to a question nobody's asking. It's, it's but, Terminator Two. <laughs> very much, very very much so. But anyways, that's that's what I got. Neil, what's your coldest moment of the week? I mean, it, an OTC here could have gone a lot of different directions here. I had I had I was writing things down as uh, all, basically all week, but today specifically, Max hitting the flag on on twelve that was cold blooded. You know the mm-hmm. break he got there. Higarito obviously was was <laughs> top of my list, but I'm gonna go with more of a, a macro take, and I think it's just Scotty's hands, like the chips. Right, like the places that he got up and down from. I, I like. Here's an example of it. Here, he's two feet in the bunker, on the edge in the thick rough, makes it look easy. And then the day before, he's on number two. He chips in from, like, jail basically. Um, I, I just, I'm really, really impressed with the hands. And so that I think he's got some cold ass hands, just some some ice blocks that he's just knocking people out with. TC, what's your coldest moment of the week? Uh, you know what? There were a lot of different directions I, w- I could have gone with this. I wish I would have gone in another direction because we already had the Fleetwood talk. Uh, if Cody could, could flash the graphic up here, it's uh, it, yeah. I, I thought I thought DJ said some 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 really hurtful things on our Slack thread. <laughs> uh, he said, "I want to apologize for thinking Fleetwood would make a run. Hopefully, that humility inspires another apology." Hmm. Two sets of eyes as a reaction, and then Sally. <laughs> Sully threw in an, an emoji of a little boy there as well, <laughs> which I thought was very classless. So it was cool. very cold of us, but TC, I mean, we we need to stage an intervention here. And TC, was that directed at Tommy or was that directed at you? That's the question you need to answer right now. True. What do you think? You know what? doesn't matter what you think. If, if you had to think about it, I think that tells the story right there. Um, uh, my coldest moment of the week uh, – I was trying to do the rough calculations of who lit the most money on fire. It's one of my favorite annual traditions is who, uh, who lights money on fire when you get to 17 and 18 at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, I believe that Taylor Montgomery lit somewhere between like $1.2 and $1.4 million on fire between the holes 15 and 17, depending on how you calculated it. Porter had a great uh, tweet about it. His, uh, his, his shot tracker on 17 looks like that scene from oceans 12 where the guy's like, you know, avoiding all the lasers in the house and he goes to rob the, whatever it is. Uh, and he lit a ton of money on fire. And, uh, also worth noting a lot of rider cup points on the line this week. And he is a guy we have our eye on when it comes to the rider cup. And that would have done a lot, uh, for him in that regard. So I hated seeing that. Are you are you an assistant captain now? I'm on the stats <laughs> team now, actually. So I'm in constant communication with them. So yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. Just want to keep you apprised of what we're what we have our eyes. I on. want to bring something up related to that, Sally. And I I think you guys, you know, have talked about we've talked about this on the pod before, but it made me feel a little old with how much the telecast talks about money now. And like what four or five years ago, it was like, don't talk about the money, just talk about the FedEx Cup points. And I felt like today, especially coming down the back nine with Scotty running away with it. They were like, we got to keep people interested. So all they're talking about is like exactly this, which I'm totally cool with. And I love it. It's just such a change. And it just hit me right between the eyes today. I'm like, Oh my God, they're leaning into the money thing so hard. This is, 
you know, finally, it's like, yeah, let's not, you know, just say the quiet part out loud. These guys are it's playing always for, like, funny. Yeah. It's always funny to hear him say, and the points are important too. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and the point, like Hoagie on, on the last hole, this is a $600,000 putt, man. He can't even spit, man. And the points too, man. And the points too. <laughs> and, then, and then Zinger's talking about the big bags of nickels. Oh, man, that sounds like a bag of nickels, man. A bag of coins. I will say, again, laugh at this if you want, but as the like de- race for designated events gets more and more important like now all of a sudden like the points mean something and the yeah. points actually now now you can actually like hit me with some of the points tc when you threw out the uh you know the lingmurth fedex cup standing now all of a sudden i'm like oh shit oh. that means something like for his career like he can level up his career by finishing in the top 50 fuck yeah I hope that's interesting tell that story though because it's like well i think well, i think that's we struggle with that in the fall series though or the you know the, the you know, reach around series where it's like, yeah, who's going to make the tour? You know, who's going to like, but I think that's the whole thing is like, it, it's never been this cut and dried. Cause like Tron, you always bag on this too, but like, like 120, the difference between 125 and 126, they would treat that like, you know, 126 was going to be beheaded. And it's like, dude, <laughs> well, no, they're still going to get 19 starts and like, it's going to be <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. There's like, oh my God, he's playing for his job out there, man. And it's like, well, that's not really the case. Whereas now it's like the difference between 50 and 51 is a fucking different schedule. Like you're essentially playing on like a different tour almost. And I think it's they awesome. do a relatively good job with 30 versus 31. They don't necessarily tell the story of what making the tour championship means in terms of all of the other benefits more than it is just like, yeah, you're eligible to try to win the FedEx Cup. But um, I'm just going to run through a few names. I mean, we've got a long ways to go in the season. All right. No one's freaking out yet, but some uh, names. I was going to say, are you going to run on the leaderboard here? Some I'm, I'm, down the FedEx I'm, Cup yeah, leaderboard. And that's yeah. even worse. Some names that are outside the top 50 right now that I consider to be noteworthy. Um, Hideki Matsuyama is 60th. Jordan Spieth is 65th. Uh, his good friend Justin Thomas is 66th. Sam Burns is 68th. Um, that those are the ones that Cameron Young 79th. And these are projected. This is after this is updated after today. Cameron Young shit the bed this weekend. Not good. Just for for what that's worth. Will Zalatoris is 85th. I know he's coming back from injury. Matt Fitzpatrick is 92nd right now. Shane Lowry 96th. Tommy Fleetwood 97th. Um, just a lot of a lot of names. The you know you scroll that leader. Billy Horschel's 114 right now. And there's not, as I understand it, there's not like a ton of other ways to get your way in other than top 30 to OWGR and you know some hot. You have to play some good golf in the in the weeks leading up to it right now. So. Um, that's, there's some, that's a lot I of names. It. It's, it's a lot like other sports. It, you know, you don't win the division, you know, yeah. you don't get yeah. in period. Like you get the wild, maybe you get a wild card. It's, it's, there's a couple wild cards out there, but it's not everybody. I think it's, we're trending in the right direction. And guys, I, what's the difference between a mule and a donkey? It's a good question. A uh, mule. No, a donkey is the combination of a mule and a horse. I think like, mm. and, and a donkey can't procreate. <laughs> I think I, that's the answer. I don't know or if it's the wrong, other way around, but I hope that's so wrong. <laughs> if that's wrong, that is going to be some primo content. Very close, but the other way around. Other okay. way around. Thank okay. you, Cody. Thank, see, I'm onto something. I'm not a. I'm not a fucking more. I'm smart, Mike. I'm smart, Mike. <laughs> I can do stuff. I can do stuff too, man. Can we run down the leaderboard. No, we did that for an hour already. No, well, yeah, we we got guys at T six that we haven't even mentioned yet. Justin Suh. That's that the they're only doing one. it. Uh, no team rose. We mentioned that. mentioned that. Oh. Uh, 
Do you think Minwoo Lee uh, takes up temporary membership? He did he not earn it. it so uh, no, I mean like like T four, like keep keep you know keep playing the tour. I would think so. Hopefully, okay. Uh, we got to talk about Morikawa. Finished T thirteen. Very very. 65, 73, 72, 71. 72, 71 on two of the, you know, easier days. Bad. Unfortunately. Really bad. It's not good. I, I don't uh, have big, anything to add on to than what we said last night yeah. on it. It's just a, a disappearing act that we're, uh, I don't know. It's hard. To, like, I want to grade him on a curve. Or I want to give some leeway for the resume he's already built. But it's it's been it's been a year and a half now. Since you know, since the British Open, almost and closer to two years than we are a year and a half, I guess. And uh, it's just it's worth noting. Big Dick Rick up to twenty second in the FedEx Cup. I wish they would, you know, the projected versus starting. I wish they would keep the starting as what they started at the beginning of the week at, and not just match the two of them up. Right now, they just have. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. That's so annoying. Uh, Denny McCarthy continues to play really, really good golf. I'll also say, season. again, long way to go, but kind of a funny that we, we were kind of wondering if Ricky was going to get a bunch of sponsors exemptions when it's JT and Speed yeah. that would need him if it ended right now. Yeah, that's true. We also haven't uh, even had one major yet, so let's... Yeah, but it's, it's Masters season. But now. majors aren't that... like that. It, it's all these no, events... where yeah. the big dogs tend to... Like, yes, but it's just like... Themselves. It, you got to play really well on a lot of PGA Tour events to get up there in the FedEx Cup. Like, it... it can't believe I'm riding for the FedEx Cup over majors, but like it's it's not it's a weird out of balance scale, I would say, in terms of the biggest events don't necessarily reward with it's a little bit more points, but it's not that much more. God, what if yeah. what if we got to the the playoffs and all those guys just missed the designated events? That'd be a wild old goal. Like Spieth. The awesome like Spieth's not Tom, <laughs> play Tom better. Hoagie invitational every week. Play better. Brandon yeah. Wu. Russell Henley, they're all they're all hoovering up all the designated <laughs> events money. Uh, pretty pretty quiet Sunday from Spieth, seventy two, final round seventy two. I'm still I'm bullish, guys. I'm bullish. I'm too. I I, I don't know why. I just you know <laughs> I just am. But I think uh, you know Neil. I was saying earlier. I I think the the best chance we got for Spieth is just this big three is just going to wear themselves out, man. They're playing too well. They're playing too much good golf. They're going to be exhausted by the time we get to the Masters. Then our beautiful boy is going to be there to pick up the football and take it to the end zone. Do you guys have a preliminary preliminary Masters pick? It's pretty tough not to pick Scotty right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think you can kind of throw throw the dartboard at... Scotty's my pick to win the Masters, but Rom's my pick to win the Grand Slam still, I think so. I think that's smart. Okay. That's a good hedge. I think I'm going – I can't remember. I, th- I, I think I'm on the rib for Augusta. It's time. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, it's heart, been time for like a decade. My heart is with the rib, and I will, I will be there. I think Cam Smith's going to win the Masters, though. Hell yeah. That would be Sick. wild, man. I think he's gonna. I, I I honestly do. I think he's gonna like come in and start flipping over tables at the Rory Block party, just you know, ru- ruining ruining the party, which will be uh, you know would watch. Couple other uh, Finau T nineteen up to eighth in the FedEx Cup. Brandon Wu, good week for him. Uh, DJ, you made me laugh really hard earlier when you, you said that. Brandon. <laughs> the wind on eight, on seventeen is, is is affected by the height of Brandon Wu's hat. Well, they were showing all the graphics about how the 
you know, the grandstands were making a tunnel in there, and I, I didn't know if Wu's hat was gonna was gonna really affect the patterns if they were factoring that or not. And then he had a great shot, so clearly he he had it dialed. Aaron Rye faded a little bit. T nineteen. 75 on the weekend or on Sunday. He, Eric Cole. He lit some money on fire on 17, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Eric Cole. Can't say enough good things about his story. Incredible mm. story. Uh, you know, makes the cut on the number, 73-73, and then plays plays the weekend in in uh, seven under. So props to him. Uh, my guy Foxy, Ryan Fox. Sorry, just to say, like, golf. Eric Cole, like, for the, the the play better thing, like he would have played his way into if this was like a designated event, would have played yeah. his way into it. He made 167k for a T27 finish this week. Like it's it's kind of a kind of a ball don't lie situation is what we're gonna see play out. Yeah, Shane Lowry, 77 start in first round, made the cut and uh, 69, 68, 70. Uh, ben Griffin really faded Sunday. Bummed to see that. He finished T thirty five. He was I a big you, part of the tournament, though. You oh, know? but he hold out. He hold out on seventeen, which was cool. You, yeah. you took a bath on that one, TC. I believe you said you were buying Ben Griffin on Friday. I did. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, that's tough. Can we talk about uh, the, Jerry, the Keith Mitchell clip that got taken down? He's Keith yeah. Mitchell finished T thirty five. There was a you know the the clip that went viral of him trying to squeeze in some golf before the horn blew the other night, and uh, it was up for quite some time. Uh, KBV wrote about the clip and how beautiful it was, and uh, BJ Tour DMCA'd it. So just truly perfect, perfect sound design, perfect blocking from the director there. Just one of the one of the like I don't think I realized when Kevin was like, yeah, I'm gonna write about this clip. I was like, all right, like I, I don't know, I don't know why. And then I watched it another couple times, and I just couldn't stop watching it. It's so accidentally funny, and everything about it is, is just so great. Just a horrible, like the perfect chain of events. Horrible shot by Keith, blocked way into the shit. Massive club slam with like a, right next to a microphone, like <laughs> just took like six inches deep into the tee box. And then John Lamani comes sprinting, like backpedaling. I believe. KBV say it looked like Ed Reed, just back <laughs> backpedaling through the frame to try to get a, a good line at the ball, and just the back and forth between them, like, you know, did did it cross? Did it cross? It, it did not. My favorite part <laughs> of the video is the end when he's just wandering around aimlessly, doesn't really know what he's like. You do can I reach tell he now? wants he wants to smash it again? Yeah, he, no, he wants to throw it. He's like. <laughs> kind of here and then he's like well the horn blew so am i gonna and he's at the far end of the property too so he's like am i gonna get a ride home do i but well, i don't read key right now the horn was by far the best part i mean the horn the horn the time the horn it was like a dj steve porter uh <laughs> clip dude oh so good i will say too it, it, it got brought down but keith put it back up so props to him for doing that wow yeah he did cashmere keith it's still it's still super frustrating that stuff gets taken down when all of Twitter. It was like the most entertaining thing that was floating around Twitter uh, yeah. this week, and they just and they're they're looking for juice. It's just more dervs, man. Give me some more dervs. Wet yeah. wet wet my beak a little bit. I'll come watch the event. You know, oh, I got to get to a TV. Give us the juice, baby. It's the selective uh, enforcement that's frustrating because the meme accounts on Instagram can all go ape shit and post whatever they want. It can be up for months. Uh, and this, you know, gets the people that come they, on, it's the kids, man. It's the kids. Come on. The people that cover golf daily aren't, can't do anything like that. Yet these meme accounts that have a million followers don't get their shit taken down. It's, it's what happens. Everyone's, everyone's focused on the big countries. Listen to old stodgy Solly pissed super off. Super annoying. 
I thought nice guys the... finished last. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for, for you forgiveness and not permission. We'll, we'll catch a break one of these days, man. <laughs> we'll catch a break. It'll be all right. <laughs> you guys remember when, when Taylor Pendrith was, was deep in the mix? Yeah, I think you bought him too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I sold, well. I sold the shit out of him. I sold the shit out of him. He was like, eating. yo, he's going to be a Dow, man. This, this is the future. Can someone give us... Edrith is just a set it, forget it, man. Someone send if us I, a report card. A year, this on... is a fucking blue chip right here, guys. Come on. <laughs> TC surprised it was with a buy or sell segment from Friday. I want somebody to go back and listen. I have no idea if I did good or bad, but uh, I want somebody to go back and grade our, our picks for buy or sell on Friday afternoon, if somebody wants to send that in. <laughs> uh, one other, Kevin Kisner shot 81 today. Uh mm. Do you, do you guys remember when, when people were arguing yeah. Kisner versus uh, Scheffler, the 2021 Ryder Cup team for that 12th spot? That was, that was wild times. Wild, wild was. times. That was a bit of a, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> and then Phil got in the mix. Kevin Na was like somewhat being argued for. It was an outrageously weird time in golf. Remember how mad Solly was when we convinced him that they were going to take Phil with the captain's pick? <laughs> I really thought I was like we, we told him it was supposed to be an entertainment product. Do you guys seriously think you don't seriously think that they're gonna do that? They no, they're not gonna do that. Please I don't know. No. They might. Please though. No. Please though. No. Guys, like so world rankings wise, is there kind of a, a deal here to where so Scotty's won 180 points so far in 2023. Rom's won 193. Max has won 120. I don't think anybody else is even in triple digits like are we going to run into a situation here if if a couple of these guys don't cool off where like there's a massive gap between scotty rom rory shouldn't there be like are you yeah, saying that like, yeah i'm just saying like it you know kind of to the point where it's like it doesn't even matter what they do for a while it's hard to earn them it's it's going to be hard to rack them up like especially and then i i still think we're kind of due for some chaos when it comes to when i don't know if these guys have fully realized how few owgr points are going to be available in the designated events next year and how well they're going to have to gerrymander it again i i would not be for that as much as i'm pro this new system like they just changed this owgr uh i i, I would be pro changing how they distribute the points, which we've talked about a lot of how that's too flat in the limited field events and they should distribute it more heavily towards the top. But there's, there, but, there's not the ignoring live. There's a lot of OWGR talk to still be had in, in, as a part of this new system. This is like the, the somewhat frustrating part about this conversation though is like, this goes for live as well is like the, the only reason the OWGR matters other than it's fun to say max is number six and who's number one. And like that stuff is fun. The only reason it matters is because of the majors. Yeah. And so the majors, if, if it gets to a point where it's like, you know, Brandon Wu is rocketing up the world rankings because he's playing well in the John Deere and the John Deere is getting more points than the, you know, FedEx or the BMW championship or, you know, something like that because of the depth of field, like, if it gets so skewed like that, then the majors can just change their yeah. qualification, which is what we've been screaming from the fucking rooftops yeah. about the majors regarding live is like, dude, if, if the OWGR is like, if, if everybody wants to say this is not a proper system and this doesn't make any sense and they're totally screwing these guys over, like, the majors are the people who sit on the board of the OWGR. They're the ones who make the decision. They are the OWGR. Of how they, of how they fill their fields. Like, yeah. if it gets to a point where they don't yeah. think their fields are being representative, then, like, they can they can just change how they do it. And it would be the same with 
the PJ Tour stuff too. If it gets too, which I I can see, Solly, based on what you're saying too, like it seems like it's going to get so far out of whack that can I? I almost could see it like like I don't know about dissolving, but just getting to a point where it's like, eh, okay, now we've yeah, I mean, it's we, already a close. We've system. out outthought ourselves so much that this doesn't make sense anymore. And for those that aren't familiar, I'll explain why. Like basically. It is flattened. It is said like, hey, if you have 156 people in the field that are capable PGA Tour level players, that number adds up a lot, and that's going to end up with an overall strength of field that is relatively big. And I don't, I haven't done the math on it, but even if you get all of the top 80 players in in a in a field, it's not under the old system that would greatly outweigh the playoff events would greatly outweigh strength of field wise. You know, a a normal 156 person field, but the new system rewards bigger fields it's you know it, it recognizes the capability of the average pga tour guy and it basically like adds a point for every guy that goes into the field and the top guys just don't get as many points uh relatively speaking and it's kind of a probability thing of how it all works and it's all very very boring but that's to say like the designated events as of right now will not get a shitload of points uh you know in their events as of as of right now and like the standard events if if those fields are projected to be as good as they are based on the slide decks it would get relatively large amount of points so that'll be interesting who was y'all's biggest disappointment of the week uh rom having to wd not blaming him for it but just not having and rory missing the cut like i I, you just want to have more showdowns and it didn't feel like we had any type of uh a showdown like even if scotty ran away with it with you know like he did today heading into Sunday without any other big names up on that board um, was, was a bit of a disappointment for me. I'm, I'm going to go a different direction with that. I'm going to go with Morikawa in that um, I, I said this last night, I still got to workshop this take a little bit to uh, don't, don't count on this being consistent is my overall point. But like if you have a bad week at TPC Sawgrass, I just don't think that means much for the rest of the year. Like I just think this is a weird funky golf course that Augusta like profiles on the complete opposite end of it. And the major championships are probably going to profile very differently than this one does. So, like Rory's bad week. Truly. This is me, just me writing for Rory probably, but like, doesn't bother me. It does not change how I feel about the rest of his season will go. But if you show up like Morikawa and shoot a 65 on day one, not in easy conditions and you've shown that you have it and it's a golf course that should fit you really well. And you have that following three days is just kind of like a man, are you this dude or are you are you backpedaling a little bit? And that was that was a big disappointment, I think, this week. I, I think on a macro, I obviously agree with both of those, but I think on a macro level, I'm I'm starting to get that way with JT, where it's like, yeah. man, we're we're I think we're kind of in like the, what's going to be what should be like the prime of your career here, and just being anonymous at events like this, where it seems like, man, the golf course should be such a good fit for you, and it seems like you should be in this conversation with Rom and Rory and Scotty and to just be completely like the forgotten man at, at big events like this fucking stinks. I, I hope that turns around in the majors because it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. I was going to say fits. I think this is in that really good yeah. course for fits and he just doesn't, I don't know if he he's has, play, he's just not playing good golf right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't know if he has some injury stuff going on or what the hell's going on. I didn't like, like to win. Sammy said it best. He just doesn't, he's, yeah, I don't need, I don't, I'm good. I think that was me. But uh, the yeah. uh, <laughs> same with Riviera. Like, that's another one where it's like, man, I thought, I thought you should be there too. And like missing the cut here and there is really bad. The other guy I'm getting legitimately worried about is Zalatoris. 
yeah, he had a really good finish at, at, at Riviera, and then he lost like almost seven shots this week putting, mm. which is that's a lot. That's not very good <laughs> <laughs> on a golf course. Uh, greens that are, uh, I do not consider them very difficult to putt or read or figure out. Right, they roll very true, and that is quite concerning. I will he lost say seven shots on the greens. And and had his second round, he gained two and a half shots. That's how bad he putted the rest of the week. I'm, I'm I was I was ready to d- double down with you, Deej, on JT. I was surprised to check that he uh, obviously did not play well this week. But uh, the six events prior to this, he is top twenty five in all of them. They've been kind of very forgetful top twenty fives and like in that T twenty area. And it's like overall numbers this year it feels like his putting is worse than it actually is but it's just kind of lingering around average um and he's not striking the ball quite as well it's just a little dip um that but man it's again like i said it's not like horribly early in the season and to be in like 65th in the standings just kind of like all right maybe there's some dudes that are doing some shit right now like running and have clearly lapped you clearly gotten way out ahead of you and um it is a little alarming as to how much the other guys have separated Max has kind of stepped into the JT role. Like what we were, you guys were talking about earlier with Max is like he posting a score going from 10 to like on, on Sunday, getting better, yeah. getting better. And it's like, that's even if you're not like, yeah, you're not, you're just, your name's up there and we're showing your golf shots. Too many weeks. We're just not showing any JT golf shots. Yeah. JT's playing this Sunday. week, right? Valspar, JT and Spieth playing this week. I think that's right. I have not looked at the field this week believe that to be true um guys i just wanted to give a shout out to jorge campillo played some magical golf to win to win the kenya open by two uh that was gonna be a world baseball classic poll yeah no i I, you know what dj i heard that was coming back it's on right now back it's It's back really yeah yeah Yeah. us beat the beat the brits yesterday it's huge Uh, um confirming fits uh jt webb Jordan Spieth, Woodland, Kisner, Rose, Keegan. That's the Sam Burns highlighting the field this week at Valspar. Do you think Webb has some good golf left in him? I'm, I'm nervous that you're asking us this a week after you declaring that he has a lot of great golf ahead of him. You were you were vociferous about your riding for Webb. Are you are you doubting your take? No, I'm I'm I've I've gone out on a limb and now I'm now I'm workshopping it to you guys to see where you guys stand. I haven't I thought say, enough about it. I haven't seen enough to 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 opine on this. I don't know. I, I would say the way that uh, pro golf seems to be trending, you know, doesn't seem to jive with uh, his skill set. But who knows? Who knows what what what'll happen? I I if you put a gun to my head as a one or zero, I guess I'd probably say zero. But yeah. I don't think that's the bravest take in the world. Uh, what do you think over the next couple of years is the players going to get? Is he gonna get better, stay the same, or be diminished? I think it has a couple things going for elevated. it. One, I like watching the golf course, and maybe that's because I know it so well, just watching it year over year. But I, I like the consistency of it, and there's a lot of history there, which I think plays in its favor. Two, because it's the home of the tour and it's the tour's crown jewel, we get a good telecast. So yeah. I think that also plays in its favor. We have they've they've kind of gone the Augusta route, the Masters route with like the proud partners, premier partners, whatever you want to call it. But that makes a big difference. And 
They're showing us that they can do it on the telecast. They bring out Tariko. They have the crew there. They, they elevate it in a way that makes me want to watch the tournament. So I think those two things make it uh, – give it a brighter future. And I'll say, like, it, it felt like here locally, and this is probably something a lot of people don't really care about, it felt like there was a used to be a huge ego around this tournament, almost like a uh, an inferiority complex with Augusta. And they still got a little bit of that, but that seems to have faded over the years, right? It's a lot more of show, don't tell when it comes to how great the players is. And it kind of, like you said, the telecast kind of speaks for itself. The elevated event kind of speaks for itself at this point. It's less like getting shoved down your throats about how great the players is. Still a lot of commercials about it, but it used to be a lot worse, if I remember right. And it, in that regard, it feels like more approachable. But again, like I go back to what I said in the beginning, like a bit, cons I mean, this used to have all of the best players in the world playing it. Maybe like one random top 50 guy would end up skipping it for some reason, and it's not going to be that. So it's the designated events have risen, the players have come down a bit, and then the majors are going to be way up here that are a totally yeah. different thing. And um, I, I tend to think that um, it's a, I'm a little bearish on the players, I think I have to say, after all this. It's still like a really well-run tournament, great to attend and fun to watch, but, like, man, it's hard to say that we didn't miss a lot of dudes this week, a lot of dudes. Awesome tournament to spectate. Yeah. If you get a chance to come down for the players, come down for it. It's awesome. I think it's also something that the fact that the players, the fact that that's your answer, Sally, I agree with it, I think is a good thing for the tour rather than a bad thing. It means the rest, like a lot more yeah, tournaments are that, better. The tour as a whole. Yeah, I agree. That's with what that. I was going to say. The, the only thing that, that could be going in its favor is, as I think the designated events will get better and better in a good way. And I think having one where you have, you know, the designated guys and the mules uh, coming together for for one tournament could actually be kind of cool. And it will could be different. Some, yeah. some storylines that feel a little different that could be good or bad. But I think it I think it'll be largely good. It's a cool proving ground for those guys to get a chance to actually play against, you know, designated fields, essentially. But yeah. don't disagree well, with what you're saying either, Sally. One take I've got, it's it's a. Uh, we talk a lot about how cool it would be to see a, a women's professional tournament at Augusta. I think it'd be even cooler to see a women's professional tournament at TPC Sawgrass. Or maybe maybe not even cooler, but it would more, be very more realistic. A lot more realistic and uh it would be a really cool course to watch the ladies play on. Yeah. Well, and and a you know, a very cool dichotomy, I think. The, the LPGA tour concludes in the fall and it does not seem to worry about going up against football. A ladies players season finale seems like a, a win for a lot of a lot of people, and that would yeah. be something I would definitely be interested in watching. Now the here, tour here. will never ever do it because you know they have their three proud partners that spawn that get rights to everything, and then it would mess up their overseed schedule as well <laughs> in the fall. They have to oversee. They like they close the course for six weeks or whatever. Overseed, so it can look great. True, hey, hands are tied. Contracts, man. You know, like yeah. I don't know. Guys, and and you know what? You guys don't understand how contracts work. That's a good idea, Tron. It really is. It that, is. That, that's uh, thoughtful. Uh, anything else before we wrap here? This has been a, a very fun week of live shows. Uh, Cody has been absolutely killing it on the ones and twos. Put your put yourself on camera so you can wave to the folks here, Cody, and take some credit for all of the uh, the the wonderful the wonderful flashes. As soon as we put something up there, talk about something, he's got a screen to match it. Um, anything else before we wrap, guys? Any uh, any best picture predictions, guys? Don't care. I, I think I think Maverick. 
Yeah. Top Gun. I mean, if if, if Tar doesn't get it, I'm out. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but uh, the there was an oligarch that heavily financed the Top Gun Maverick movie, uh, which mm. is causing quite a stir right now. So uh, by selecting Top Gun, the, the belief is that you're pro-Russian and not, and not supporting you. Uh, and I hate that. that even... I hate that for you, TC. Wait, stop getting <laughs> no, your politics in my damn sports, Cody. Well, I'm just saying. So that does make sense movies. as to why well, What about China, Cody? Well, that's not my specialty. That, that would make sense as to why there was just like vaguely no enemy in uh, in Maverick. Like they were just fighting like <laughs> generic bad guys. <laughs> it was the Washington Generals. How does Maverick get, how <laughs> does Maverick get, get nominated? It's insane it's a, to me. It's quite a feat. It's a feat of filmmaking, TC. I, I, I won't necessarily say it's good, but it's the fact they're doing it. It's it's interesting. This, well, I think that's this, a, a this good broadcast. Reminder. That might be funded by the Russians too, though, because we don't have any bots flowing through the comments anymore. That well, might... we changed it up. You know that we put a little subscriber-only thing on. There's no uh, time limit on people that they for them to comment, but we we put a couple safeguards in place. We're trying to lock this stuff down. So Chief you security officer. Yes, absolutely. That's why I was concerned so earlier when you guys are flashing internal business communications, putting Slack up on the screen. Not good. <laughs> That's how we're going to get got. Can't have it. That's a log and HR case, Cody. I'll get to it on uh, tomorrow morning. Thank uh, you. On your work day. The, uh, <laughs> Anything the Oscars, going on? Well, yeah. I was going to say the Oscars is a good segue into like we got a four hour trap draw Oscars pod that, that DJ, <laughs> if, Randy, if, and, and Joe yeah. and Jonad put together. If, if you didn't, if you've enjoyed the last 90 seconds, uh, and I could interest you in four hours of this kind of talk, <laughs> uh, head over to the trap draw feed for our fourth annual Oscars pod. Yes, me, Randy, and uh, our buddy Tim Simons. Uh, went deep, man. Touched them all. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, sending out the uh, email newsletter Tuesday. We're trying to send it out last week, but uh, have a What's Burning at the Kill House Q&A with, with the whole squad. Excited about that. Um, got some event announcements. Got some got a little merch subscriber special for the people in the pro shop. Pro shop's heating up. TC and I with Casey hard at work there. And then uh, TC, what do we have on the trap draw? The rest of the got, uh, I think Seth month. Seth Davis is hopping on with Randy uh, to do some some college basketball. Uh, I'm I'm headed out of town this week, and we're 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 gonna be chopping it up like crazy in April. <laughs> so uh, we're trying to get some, some some topic stuff. DJ and I are Marquette Golden Eagles won the Big East uh, yeah. last night. I want to I want to congratulate you on that, you know, and people, and also with you, the people of Milwaukee there, uh, and then. Yeah, otherwise, just kind of a normal week, just kind of getting our heads above water, right? I think big and I, I can't remember if it's this week or next week, but I think we got another LPGA-focused pod as they come out of their, their, you know, the spring Asian swing and coming back to start their U.S. schedule. That is scheduled for this Thursday. You are exactly right. So, those have been, those well, have been awesome. I'll say this. Uh, I forgot to hit the call to action. Newsletter.nolangup.com if you want to subscribe to the newsletter. Come on. I gotta be better. Come on, Neil, get about, it together. How about Fincham making an appearance today in the post round? How about you see that? How about that, man? How about that, Fincham? <laughs> Fincham's old. <laughs> That's, how about go that? Home. That's wild. 
All right. I am going to thank all, all of you. TC, thank you so much for that bit and uh, a ton of contribution to the live shows this week. Uh, DJ, thank you for popping on as well. Neil, you guys had a lot of travel this week. We greatly appreciate the audience, greatly appreciates it. Cody, absolutely killing it, making the trip down here uh, for our hometown event here in Jacksonville. It was a very fun week, and uh, we appreciate everyone's uh, feedback, comments, and whatnot on the live shows. We appreciate High Noon for sponsoring them and bringing them to us. KBV is watching as well here. We want to bring him in for a quick thank you for making the trip as well. Uh, this was a very, very, very fun week, and I hope we can uh, make it even bigger next year. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you back here. Uh, we will not be live next week, but we'll be live for the Match Play Recap. We will have weekly live shows, of course, during the Masters as well. So. I don't, I don't want to surprise the people, but Neil and I are going to go to Austin. So if you're you're looking for some guys uh, to give some free drinks to, you can come find us. Love that. You guys need to get on a boat. <laughs> it's that. the last ever, last ever iteration at Austin Country Club. We'll, so. we'll effort that. That is sad. Sad to see. So, thank you, everyone, again. We will see you back here next week. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!